Welcome to episode 171 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Your numbers are creeping on up there, I man. I know. We're getting closer to 200, which we said was somewhere around like January, right? Yep. Yes, Is that we what did. happens when we do a podcast every week? We get closer to They get closer to it. It's crazy. Yeah, they, it's weird how that happens. It's like they add together. Uh, we are live, but not live. So you're hearing this, it's a recording, but we are at Herps Conroe. We're at the, uh, what month is it? June? June. Sure. That's right, because it's somebody's birthday on Monday. <laughs> uh, we're at the June. Nobody important. That's, that's nope. Shut up, both of y'all. <laughs> oh, stop before I said anything else. Uh, but uh, we're at June Conroe Herps Reptile Show. Uh, let's do our sponsor stuff real quick. Go, yes. Katie. If you're looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit Ellis like Reptile. Here. Yes, like here. Visit Ellis Reptile Racks. Too late for this one. Dot com. Dot com. To reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Yes. So come to the next. I really should have pulled up the list of when shows were coming. Um, the next show is Shreveport, Shreveport. Two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. At the end of June. I can. I got the technology. Hold on. Wait for it, people. But we don't need to go all the way to February okay, of next year. So uh, just give us like June and July. So let's do our Herp shows real quick. Oh, we got Shreveport, like we said, June 24th, 25th. Then over to Slidell, July 22nd and 23rd. Again, if you haven't been to a Herp show, Slidell is a great one to go to. Uh, I heard Bob's balls will be there. Yep. I don't know if the rest of Bob will be there. But his <laughs> balls will. Uh, then off to, well, Robert's favorite place, Oklahoma City. Pass. <laughs> that is pretty much, it's up that way. That is July 29th and 30th. Uh, none of us will be there. Uh, Corpus Christi, August 12th and 13th. Then Bryan College Station, August 19th and 20th. And then back here again, September 9th and 10th. And then the second Baton Rouge show, September 16th and 17th, which is technically in Gonzales. Even though everybody says Baton Rouge, and it's not Baton Rouge. So come to a herp show. Come see Robert. Come by a rack, a cage, a light up sign, some a keychain about penises, some acrylic stuff. I can't wait I've to put my light up. That's uh, true. All the penis keychains have sold. I can't wait to put my sign up in my classroom. That's true. I've got our light up reptile gumbo sign up here on the front of it, and my big simply serpent sign that Robert made for me. So it works great to hide all the crap on the table. Yeah, it does. Uh, that was like my whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> so come see Robert at his show. Uh, get stuff. Buy stuff. Uh, yeah, please. I like food <laughs> and a house. That is true. I like food. Anyways, I'm starting to think about food. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio. They are regularly scheduled feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on all their feeder insects, mm. isopods, and are making, are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and the amphibians that consume them. Check out Little Shop of Horrors, it's L-I-L apostrophe S, on Facebook. If you need feeders and you're in the area, uh, go by and see them. Send them a message, uh, get you some insects, all that stuff. Uh, also, just a shout-out for VivTech. If you need an LED UVB bulb, Robert's over there working. If you need an LED UVB bulb, check out VivTech products, or if you need snake bags, or their smart devices, which I'm, by the way, getting this weekend. You are? Oh, they'll I, be here this weekend? Or is she shipping them this she weekend? She says she shipped them out yesterday and two days, so I'll probably get it on Monday. Cool. Uh, I'm getting uh, a humidity gauge and a smart hub to put in my incubator to see if uh, if it's the humidity that's killing my eggs. Cool. So, 
I'll be able to give firsthand accounts of how good their stuff is. I'm excited about that. But use code GUMBO22. You already know it's good. I do know it's good. It's from the McVeighs. It's going to work. Yeah. Use code GUMBO22 to save 15%. And also don't forget our giveaway this month for June, all the board games. You can see that over on our Facebook page, the Reptile Gumbo Facebook page. Also on the Reptile Gumbo discussion page as well, or group. And hey, if you're not board game people, it's cool. Just win the giveaway and then re-gift them to someone. It will not hurt my feelings. Also, if this kid keeps throwing this toy on the ground across from us, I'm going to smack him in the head with it. (laughs) I really want to. Hold on. Focus. Oh. I was just thinking about that. Go out the side Robert. door. And, Listen, Robert right. and I'm going to mute him. There we go. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Our first guest for the show is Aaron Kingston of Pet Den. How's it going, Aaron? Oh, not bad at all. Happy you, to be back in Conroe. You got Absolutely. Vo- you got voluntold for this after I asked Dennis, and he goes, oh, Aaron will do it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, I, I'd already told him when you go ask uh, Dennis, he's probably going to send Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Got thirsty there. Yeah, so, the, the man that's been in reptiles longer than everyone at this table has been alive doesn't want to do the interview. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we get that a lot. It's okay. Yep. Yeah, you figure he's been open almost 41 years, and I'm only 43. So, yeah, and I'm the oldest one besides you at the table, Aaron. So Yeah, he, uh, 75 or 76 is when he started breeding reptiles. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where is Pet Den located for everybody? 1209 Nederland Avenue, Nederland, Texas, 20 minutes south of Beaumont. Or as uh, Chris from Fat Man, Snakes in the Fat Man says, Beaumont. Beaumont. Yeah. Beaumont. He does not. <laughs> he does. Yes, he does. He 100% well, does. he did. He doesn't oh anymore. No, he's not. He said Beaumont uh, originally. I've never when heard When he was here two years ago in June, I told him, hey, uh, you know it's actually pronounced Beaumont. And he said, why don't one of you fucking assholes tell me that? Is that because it was funny listening to you say Beaumont? <laughs> we want to see your Yankee show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So... Pet Den, let's talk about that first. It's a, a, is it a full pet store or a reptile pet store? It is a full pet store. Um, do y'all do fish? We do fish. We that's do always the hard one. We do a lot of fish. Yeah, that's that's a time consumer right there. We do fish. Fish and reptiles primarily. We do carry cat and dog food. Boo. Uh, you know, all the dry goods and stuff like that. And we've been around for 41 years. We're 5,000 square feet, full service. We got like 10 employees. It's uh, a big store. Yeah, it is, and that's You've been we, there. we really yep. excel from like the big box pet stores because you come in and you get waited on right away. If you just want to look, we'll leave you alone. But uh, there's no such thing as a dumb question with us. Yeah, mm, you're not a high school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been there, you know, making deliveries and stuff, and I get asked if I need help like four times just walking to the back. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know, pretty much. Yep, which is great. It's great because then Aaron takes you to the back and takes you on the tour of his ridiculously amazing ball pythons that he produces. And every yeah. time he's like, now look at this one. And I'm like, fuck, man. It's like, just yeah. gets better. That's the way it is. And I, you need to come back right now. I've got... Uh, don't get me tail and tails outside the schoolhouse. I think I pulled clutch number 62 on Friday. Wow. That's too many eggs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is that clutch and 62 of ball pythons? Or? Clutch 62 of ball pythons. Yeah. And I think I got probably 40 more girls going to go this year. Good <laughs> Lord. So you're talking over 100 clutches of all pythons. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. Uh, I used to say I produce between four and 600 babies a year. I need to up that to between six and 800 babies yeah. a year. I was going to say I around mean, 500 because I average five a clutch. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I got some big clutches. I mean, I pulled a 12 egg clutch this week. Well, that's Jane, awesome. Your, your average is one clutch of five divided by one. Yeah. Yes. So that's how you got your average. Yeah, that's right? how I got my average. My <laughs> okay. average is five. Right. Uh, and they're shriveling up and dying as we speak. Oh, so They might not, not be. Good. They're still solid white. They have veins. I candled them. I saw There's dark spots in there. In there. Uh, there's no mold growing on them, but man, they shrivel up like old man balls. They are not looking good. We'll see. I got nine more days until they're supposed to be due. I may, ugh, I may do what I said what? I would never do and just put a small cut in the top of it. I'm not gonna finger fuck it like some people on YouTube, but I may put a cut in the top of it in nine days. In nine days, we might go like eleven days. I don't know. Well, well, I'll I'll quiz you after the interview because I, I got some ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't think about taking you over and saying talk to Aaron. He would probably troubleshoot it for you. You can go for it right now. What? Uh, what? What? What kind of substrate are you keeping them on? So they're on light grid on top of uh, perlite. Perlite that is water all the way up to the light grid. Okay. And then I've got it's ninety percent humidity in there, mm. or ninety nine percent right now. I put a wet paper towel on top of them to try and keep them moist. Uh, I, the other day I did, yesterday or the day before I did put a giant bowl of water in the incubator just to try and help raise the humidity of the whole incubator. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing everything right. If you take a look at my incubator in the bottom, I actually have two huge tubs that I fill with water every week just to keep the humidity up. And my yeah. humidity runs 96%. Yeah, and I don't know why I didn't think to do that for the until like yesterday. But yeah. like I said, I did candle them the other day and they still have veins. And like in the small space that is not crumpled up, mm -hmm. it's dark. Yeah. There is something there. So, so until they start to smell bad and smell rotten, I'm gonna yeah. them, leave them in there and we'll see what happens. I've seen oh, I've seen ball do? pythons come out of some nasty eggs. I have eggs. seen eggs that you thought there is nothing in there, and all of a sudden you see a little snoop pop out. Sold. All right, so I, Rick just walked by with one of those death adders. Right, just now. oh, those death adders are amazing. I know. I want a death adder, Katie. <laughs> So do you remember when we went to Cody and PS? For those of you that can't see my face, I'm sure you can no. imagine <laughs> what, you what my face looks like. You remember like? we went to Carpet R Fest? And, <laughs> and Cody Barlini has that like I that hypo death adder. Oh, I remember. Oh, I want a death adder. There's a kid staring at us. I know. Meet my mic. They, okay. They look like they're crocheted. Yes. That's like the best way I can describe a death adder. They do. They are very pretty. So I'm getting one, Katie. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not getting one. <laughs> I can't, He's gonna I can't. get it when he gets his alligator for the swimming pool. Not, Fuck yeah! Not happening unless we have two swimming pools. <laughs> you can hold the mic. Can't. I'm, I'm gonna mute you so you don't make noise. But you mute, mic, mute. You've been muted. Moot. And then, and then I'll turn your volume back up. And then now you're. That's so much better. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what all are you in charge of over at the pet den? Because it sounds like outside of just being a pet store, it's a very busy operation. It is a busy operation. Um, I like to tell people that. I just don't have the personality to really work with the public every day. That's uh, reptile people in general. I get grumpy real easy. <laughs> um, I know some other people that way. People, people, Robert. People will tell <laughs> me. Shut up. People will tell me something like, uh, "Can I ask a stupid question?" And I'm like, "I sure, sure think you can. You know, you're fixing to whether I tell you yes or not. You, you can uh, ask it. You just may not like how I answer it. Yeah. So uh, the primarily thing I do is stay in the back and uh, play with my snakes all day. Clean up poop uh, all day. Clean up poop all day. That's right. Somebody, my son was actually saying, "Well, how many tubs did you clean this week?" I'm like, "I don't know, 600." <laughs> Fuck. All right. So how many adult ball pythons do you currently have? You know. I was told you're the person with the. With if you the saw the snake, I don't want to call it a room. It's. <laughs> it, it's big. It, yeah. It's. You're so like, you turn a corner and you're like, shit, there's more racks. Yeah, it's, more it's the never ending. So 
Let's see. Those, uh, I think I counted, I got like 268 breeder females. <laughs> Fuck. And 100 breeder males. And then I have three stages of grow outs. And this is just my holdbacks. And I'm, I'm not counting stuff for sale. Jeez. Okay, so I got three stages of holdbacks, uh, 300 grams and under, 300 grams to 900 grams for females, and then 900 and over. And, of course, I do different for the boys. So let me ask you, do you actually weigh these, or are you at the point now where you can go, yeah, it's about 400 grams? I, I'm actually really good at picking it up and saying, yeah, it's in the 400, and I put it on the, the scale. Oh, 416, I was a little off, you know. That's So a, a friend of mine just brought me a pair of Dodoma Samboas, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they were currently fornicating inside the box um and the female is fairly small but she had talked about a bigger breeder and says yeah i breed them with that size and i always breed my sambo was at like 300 grams but i'm at the point now where i can look at a sambo and go yeah it's over 300 grams yeah good so but this one i opened i was like yeah it's not 300 grams they're really pretty though the domas are they're bright orange they're gorgeous so i'm looking forward to that pair i'm also looking forward to having a male that actually fucks uh, (laughs) because i've got two $500 $500 snakes, and they don't do shit. Ah, uh, the gay boys, yep. They just lay, <laughs> lay there with the females going, oh, we're just going to hang out. I yep. just want to cuddle. They do. Or try to fight the wrong end. Yeah. Whenever I see that, when you put two two snakes in the tub and they in each corner, I call that eighth grade dance. You know, the boys <laughs> over here, the girls over here, and nobody's talking to anybody. Yes. That is my problem That's right now. very true. The yeah. girl goes over to the boy and he like shrinks away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He hides in the corner. Don't talk to me. Yeah. That's all wrong. I've got don't one I've got one Annery male that will like fuck a piece of rope. And I got two five hundred dollar males that don't want anything to do. Although with that said, I'm pretty sure one had one hemipene ripped off. Ouch. Because uh, I, I looked in once, it was with my snow female and she had blood on her back. I was like, ah oh, shit, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. He, he may be shooting out of just one hole now and be afraid to do He anything. might be like, last time I did this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it did not end well for me. I don't get another another chance. I only have one more. Yeah. Do you all breed anything other than ball pythons? Uh, we do boas. Um, Ooh, what kind of boas you got? <sighs> big. <laughs> yeah. We do we do red tails. Uh, we do doom rolls. Oh, I love doom rolls. Um, yeah, dude, last weekend in uh, Lake Charles, had this female doom roll. She's sub-adult. She's probably... About 800, 900 grams. I'd never been bitten by one before. Oh. I Yikes. didn't even realize she bit me. Oh, really? She was she was latched on right here, and I went to show a customer something, and there's a snake hanging from my arm. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? I got some rainbow boas I can let bite you. <laughs> I, I've been popped by them plenty. Thank their, you very much. Their teeth much. are not like other boas. And, uh, okay, so we're talking about snake bites. Not at the shop, but we have a partner of the shop that we're breeding Green tree python. Oh, fuck that. Him. Nah. Shaw, yeah, yeah, McMillan. Yeah, yeah, Sean McMillan's a great guy. He's yeah. uh, green trees and carpets is his thing, and uh, you definitely don't want to get popped by one of them. No, no. no. it's like I've always loved emerald tree boas, and those teeth scare the shit out of me. Yeah, but like that's when I saw my one of my, my I used to have a big male uh, rainbow, and I saw him yawn. I'm like, what the fuck do you have those teeth for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, I have like red tails, and I've seen their teeth. I'm like, yeah, that kind of hurt. But then I saw him yawn. I was like, those. I, I figured he had red tail teeth, but no, yeah. he has more like green tree or uh, emerald. Tree boa teeth. So. Uh, pretty much the only thing we haven't tried to breed at the shop is colubrids. I don't blame you. They poop so much. Yeah. So much poop. And we've, we've done geckos. We've done leopards. We've done cresties. Uh, little stuff like that. But those are and, kind of easy. You just throw them together and they're like chickens. They just start laying eggs. And it's, it's not like we set out saying, hey, we're going to breed these. But being a small town pet shop, we're just a hair above being a pawn shop. So somebody comes in. They're going through a divorce. Hey, I want to get rid of my stuff. <laughs> And uh, truthfully, we've started so many breeding projects like that. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll bring them to a show and try to sell them. 
after quarantine. And nah, there's no interest. Well, let's just breed them and sell the babies. <laughs> so we've got several friends that own pet shops, and that seems to be a constant thing where, like, they'll just get in stuff that you don't normally think that someone would get in, and you wouldn't normally think the regular person owns. And they're like, oh, look, I've got this. And they'll either give it to you or sell it to you for yeah, cheap. Yeah, pretty much. And I've had people just show up, hey, um, my husband left. He left this snake. I don't want it. Take it. <laughs> That's uh, the alterna that John Grant was going to give me last weekend. That he sold. That he sold. First snake he sold. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, let me see if I can sell it first. I'm fucking, it wasn't 1030. And it's, he said to me, I sold the alterna. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. <laughs> Somebody just walked into their pet store and was like, I have this alterna and a couple other things. And I, I, I just need to get rid of them here. Yeah. Gave them to him. And it was a beautiful... Uh, like yeah. River Road, you know, yeah. super right, bright, uh, wide bands. Have you seen that blood red tail we have at the table? No, you I will. Take a look at it. Cute, awesome. gorgeous girl. Yeah, I was gorgeous. playing with it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, well, you also are crossing your fingers for another snake coming soon. Eggs are here. Yep. Uh, so a speckled king snake. Yeah, Harris County locale. Yeah. Ooh. I've got one from the same breeder, and uh, it's amazing. Yes. Solid, clean belly, yellow. Ah, oh, you're going to love it. So, um, you, you've got a shit ton of ball pythons. Yes. Uh, more than one is too many, but you've got a lot. Are, are y'all working towards, are you working towards any certain thing or is it just kind of, uh, you're running a pet store, so you kind of have to have pies and bananas and. Okay. So what I tell people is my, my projects are schizophrenic. I, I have the pet grade stuff. Yeah. And then I have the stuff that I want to do. Red Stripe. Uh, I think Red that's Stripe. Awesome. Exactly. Red Stripe Mafia, baby. 100%. I'm going to say 90% of my collection has Red Stripe in it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the uh, one that I thought was fucking garbage until Kabilko was like, hey, and look what it does. Exactly. And you know the sad part? I had it. I was working with it before Kabilka. Yeah. And I just never thought about, you know, hey, it's going to look awesome in clown. Yeah. Uh, but now anybody can produce the single gene Red Stripe clowns. I've got like... I've got stuff that makes the Pompeii look easy coming. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's the, that one always amazed me. Because like, I, I knew that gene, everybody shit on that one mm-hmm. and gave up on it. And then he was like, hey, look what it does with Clown. And then, like, red stripe prices jumped. And I, I laughed all the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, what's your number one selling gene in the pet store for as far as pet store quality? Bells. I can't. Oh, yeah. I cannot yeah. make enough of them. Yeah. I mean, literally. I, hold on. Oh, I love what, them. What is it, Katie? Do you it's know what it stands Belus- for? Oh, no, I don't. It, it's B-E-L. Okay. Do you know what? You don't know what it is? No. That was a quiz. Okay. It's blue-eyed leucistic. Oh, okay. I knew it was a leucistic. Everybody loves white snakes. I you know. Katie, then you love black snakes. Yeah. yeah. I like both. I'm going to say bells are my, my top, and then we go to pies. pies I yeah. love pies. And, uh, I've got a pie banana. Believe it or not, champagne <laughs> is up there. Because, really? really? Yeah, because, I mean, it's a pet store snake that people don't see much. Yeah, it's the pet does the pattern. Yeah, it, yeah, it changes the pattern. You know, I've had people tell me, oh, my gosh, that's the most awesome thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, man, that's just an inch <laughs> it's really like, it's inch of champagne, you know. So I hear them like, it's not that special. But, yes, it's great. You should definitely <laughs> buy it. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's you can't pass this opportunity up. You'll never see this again. <laughs> Just don't go to a reptile show. Oh, so uh, what is y'all's biggest selling reptile? Is it is it ball, ball pythons? pythons? Really, hands down, yeah. What? So I'm assuming y'all ever like any pets where you sell uh, bearded dragons. Is that I, my problem with bearded dragons being sold as pets? Is they're never taken care of properly. Okay, so we have i have one of my coworkers that sh- she wears a shirt that says mother to dragons like every day yeah she breeds bearded dragons she breeds them at the shop she moved everything to the shop 
And she will, I have seen people say, I want a bearded dragon. And then after she's done talking to them, they're like, okay, maybe I need something a little easier to take care of. <laughs> yeah, once you show them the 40-gallon tank minimum and all the yeah. heat lights and, and UVB lights and all the spec. Yep. Because everybody wants to get it and go, oh, this little tiny lizard will fit in a 10-gallon. Uh-huh. Well, like, it will, but when you put the heat that you need on it, you'll cook it. That 10-gallon turns into an oven. Yeah. Or, you know, you tell people you really need to have a backup heat bulb because it's going to go out, and it always goes out at the worst time. Or you mm -hmm. need to use calcium or else it's going to oh, never be able to walk. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like the one I have. Yeah. Or the one we had at one we point. We had. She couldn't use her back legs when we first got her. Mm -mm. It's just I always feel bad for bearded dragons. They're, they're a cool lizard, but they are definitely, as far as pets go, not the best. But that seems to be the history of our 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 trade as far as pets. Iguanas. Horrible fucking pets. Oh, you're preaching to the choir there, bro. But everybody wanted an iguana, big green iguana. I'm like, because you haven't handled a male, a six-foot male who hates you. Yeah. That's the one female of the, at the worst zoo bites I've me. ever seen. What are you talking about? Oh, it's yeah. a green iguana. Between the bite, the claws, and the tail, I'm like, yeah. there's, it's every part of it is made to maim you. It's mm -hmm. not there, was, there was one week a month where I could not do anything with the female iguana at the zoo. Yeah, when, she when you were bleeding, got it. Hated me, like would come at me from across her gate. She loved me, so that's when I had to have somebody else come in and pull her for education. The, male, program. the males are just always a fucking nightmare. Because it, every other week she was fine, but that one week she was like, "No, you there, are a threat to me." Is there anything where y'all like we, we just don't carry this pet? We don't want to sell these. We don't want. We don't do exotic uh, mammals. Okay, gotcha. No hedgehogs, no ferrets, none of that. Because no they smell gliders. Bad. Yeah, it, that and it's the amount of maintenance, so I'd probably have to hire more help. But you do things like guinea pigs and stuff? We do guinea pigs. Guinea pigs are uh, such an easy rodent to take care of. They I've never are. Done rats. I like them rats. better than hamsters because they're bigger. Guinea pigs just seem more social. Oh, guinea God. pigs do produce their body weight and poop every 21 days. Just so. mine's, yeah. mine's almost completely litter trained. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much easier to clean out the cage. Yeah, I just have to clean her. Like, she gets a full bedding. Just, I have a guinea pig in my classroom. And she, well, right now she's, she's in our at house. our house. The only problem with guinea pigs is if you open a plastic bag, holy fuck. Wee, 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 yes. wee. Just squeal <laughs> away because they know it means food. Yep. Even if it's not their food. Well, in the first week that she was home from my classroom for the summer, every time she would make noise, our dog would go bananas and start barking at her. And so then she would run and hide. I'm like, this dog is going to traumatize her. She's not going to do anything anymore <laughs> because she is spoiled rotten in my classroom. Your carrier mix? No. Millie. Millie. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, oh, yeah, our terrier mix. Uh, our ter yes, terrier mix. <laughs> lab mix. It's a lab, lab, lab mix. mix. Oh, that's, that's right. It's a lab mix. If anyone asks, she's a lab mix. But yeah. you look at her and she looks straight up like a pit. <laughs> she's a lab mix. But yeah, she was, now she's fine though. She doesn't, now that she's gotten used to her making noise, but oh yeah, anytime we're in the kitchen, she thinks we're in the kitchen just to give her treats from the refrigerator or placate her with attention. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, we, we, we do sell a lot of fish. I don't work the fish because my Latin is really rusty, and these fish people are worse than reptile people. <laughs> they, God, they are. I mean, they come in, ask it. One guy asked me for something, and I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I bet penicillin will cure it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like, we just restarted our tank after everything died because we bought a fish from PetSmart, and it killed everything. But uh, we started African cichlids. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed having the African cichlids. They, uh, you turn on the light and they all just like come to the front like food. Yeah. So they're a lot of fun. They do for you because they know you're the one that feeds them. They when like Joe me. and I go sit next to the tank, they just kind of keep doing their business. They like me. Yeah. Um, Something in the house must. That's, that's right. It's definitely not any of my snakes. They all fucking hate me. <laughs> yeah. 
Every snake wants to eat. You've got the fish, babe. That's what you've got. The fish and my Louisiana pine snakes. That's about it. And our dog. All right, so I've been I've had these crickets for a while, and I promise they're not past. I don't know how you put an expiration date on crickets, but I looked at the expiration date, and they're Best Buy November of this year. We're still good. Okay. But I've had two flavors for a while. I've had sour cream and onion and bacon and cheese, and I've wanted to bring them to a show, and I keep forgetting. Rachel's deemed me over there. Go ahead. Right um, but I want to see if anybody would eat them. Oh. And... Uh, you said you're willing to try the bacon oh, yeah, and cheese Oh, yeah, I'll one. try it, man. Oh, my God. Go ahead and take you one of those bacon and cheese It is, crickets. for those of you that are listening, it is legitimately a cricket. It bought is a, a can- cricket. Bought it at a candy store. Dried cricket. We bought at a candy store. And he just popped it in his mouth like it was a Tic Tac. How's that cricket? Does it taste bacony? It does not taste like bacon. It does not taste like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it does not taste like anything. And there's the texture's really weird. Yeah. Just crunchy. Yeah, I had crickets and um. Katie, do you want a cricket? No, thank you. Um, do you want a sour cream onion cricket? Okay, no, thank you. if I had to liken it to anything, in Japan they sell roasted soybeans. It tastes like a roasted soybean. So I actually had crickets in a chocolate chip cookie one time, mm-hmm. like they were mixed in. And if you wouldn't have told me there were crickets in it, I would have thought. It was like peanut M&M's or something. Because a huge part of the world eats crickets. Yeah. yeah. But we're just like, ah, it's pretty fucking gross. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But we also don't eat horse because we think it's cute, and I think horse would probably be. I mean, I've cut up horse meat for <laughs> alligators, and that shit looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's all red. Oh, it's mm-hmm. good. It's like a guinea pig. Some of guinea pigs earlier? Uh, cooey. Cooey. Yeah. yeah, in Peru, he they told, like chickens. He uh, told Penelope the other night, he was like, if you don't quit that squeaking, we're going to pretend that we live in South America. I was like, you are not eating my guinea pig. Blake Wilson. Yes. 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 The picture. <laughs> picture of him eating one. Yeah. There's a picture of him with the guinea pig yeah. and then and a, picture a picture of him, of him with eating the guinea pig. Guinea pig. I also yeah. There's a picture of him with a capybara. And I'm just wondering if he just found one in the wild, just picked up a wild capybara and took a picture. It's possible. Knowing Blake, I, I, I think that's probably what happened. It's, it's him with his mouth open yelling, and it's Capybara with its mouth open and yelling. Yeah. And I don't blame the Capybara. If someone like Blake Wilson just grabbed me, <laughs> I'd probably scream as well. So, uh, anyways. Fun time. Let's just try and get out of here. Uh, so, if people wanted to visit the Pet Den or contact y'all or see what kind of projects you're working on, what is the best way for them to do that? The best way to do it, other than show up at the store, which is uh, 1209 Nederland Avenue, Nederland, Texas. Which we need to go out there, because it's not that far from us. Yeah, okay. you need to come on out, man. I'll show you everything. Um, if you want to call us, our phone number is 409-722-0644. Uh, we are on Facebook, Pet Den Nederland, Texas, and we're on Instagram, Pet Den Nederland, Texas, all one word. And our scaleless corn snake, Willie, has his own Instagram, oh, World good. Famous Willie, all one word. I love that. Be, be careful when you search for the World Famous Willie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be a corn snake. W-I-L-L-I-E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make sure you get the right right Willie, not, oh the, my not God. the other Willie. Uh, Aaron, thanks for coming on. Thank you. No problem. Uh, even though we talked about ball pythons, and I hate ball pythons, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody's got to hate something, man. Yep. I know, and I've got those fucking eggs in my house, and... Your daughter's excited about them, though. They may not make it. Don't get too excited. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Uh, anyway, listen, we'll be back later with uh, some other people. So, goodbye. All right. Welcome back to day one of Herps Conroe. Uh, Robert's getting comfortable now because Robert's like, no, no Robert's you're fine. Like, you're fine. I was over there selling my uh, don't please don't feed the horse drugs, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways. It's okay. I can't stop yawning. Wake Me up. Me either. So we are back with... Uh, 
so I walked around the show and I was trying to find people to, to interview. I do that every time we do these at the shows, and I and I try not to do seventy thousand ball python people. James just, walks around and obsesses over it. Let's oh. be clear. I was going to say, and and before he walks around and obsesses over it, he obsesses over it at home. Who do you think we should have? I'm going to need you to come and talk to this person because you're a girl, and they might be more likely to tell you yes than me. Look at me. Has it it helped? It has helped. You're not wrong. Six four, two hundred and eighty pound guy walks up. They're not usually like, yeah, sure, I'll come talk to you. (laughs) So, uh, but I I don't always want ball python because it's like a bajillion ball python people. And so, I saw the sign for this one across the room and realized. This will be really cool, and so we. Well, have if, if the name has anything to do with what you breed, then I completely agree that. It's well, he's be obviously awesome. a smart marketer. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so our guest is Ricky Wheeler of Indigo Black LLC, and the indigo is not just color related; it's snake related. It's what you breed. It is. It's uh, the only thing I. It was also the first thing I ever bred. That's crazy. That's not normally people's first thing to breed. No. Wow. I, I almost think that's why I've been good at it. Is I, I wasn't comparing them to anything else. <laughs> well, it's got to make it easier to show because you're not competing with anybody at a show. Yeah. No. I'm almost always, uh, other than the occasional imported blacktail or yellowtail, I'm almost always the only one with them. Okay. So explain to me though, because I know that there are different. Not necessarily types of indigos. The types. Oh, they are they are considered types. So oh, I'm so married species. into this species. So. Species. <laughs> so there's different species of indigos. You're used to the eastern indigo. Yeah. Correct. Mm, I that's knew the, that. So we grew up. King. So we grew so, up uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and so over there we're used to eastern indigos. Mm-hmm. And that's what my dad worked with with Auburn University. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They were doing a release program, I believe, with them. Mm-hmm. They did. They released them on her dad's hunting. On my hunting dad's camp. hunting lease. Oh, wow. Yeah. He made a deal with them, and they came out and released a pair which on the hunting lease. Which really cool. ironic, because he was terrified of snakes, but he knew that was, like, the best environment for them. And so, like, everyone in the camp had to sit through this special... Like workshop on like what to do if you see them in the wild. Don't kill this and big black snake. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally well, nothing. You shoot this, we shoot you. He yeah. had a rat yeah. snake that lived in the the barn, and the rat snake kept all the mice out of all the corn and the feeder stuff that they put out. So he was, you know, he was all about if it has a job, let it stay. It's not hurting me. It can stay. Um, well, the eastern indigo on itself is is by far the coolest snake we have in North America. It's an epic snake and and the hype is real with that species. Like most of the stuff you hear about, you know, other snakes is exaggerated or whatever, but the eastern indigo is it's an intelligent species and it is so fun to work with. So do you work with those? I do. Um, I've got some incubating now. I'll be hatching in a few weeks and wow. then uh, I have a lot of different species of dry marcon, um, but at the moment I breed yellowtails, uh, rubidus, so and then cupra. But Paul's fixing to Google some stuff. He's talking crebos, <laughs> okay. which are large South American colubrids okay. like our indigo, okay. same genus. So if you work your way east to west, we have the 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 big one, the eastern indigo, and then it's Texas, and we have our own indigos here. And then oh. on your table, you currently have Mexican Ooh, indigos. That's cool. Yeah, uh, Drymarcon Melanoris rubidus, and specifically the Guerrero locality style, whatever you want to use. Locality is a bit of a misnomer because we don't know that's exactly cool. where they came from, but um, they're only red like that in the South Mexico Pacific Coast area. That's <laughs> cool. And then you do, you said yellow cattail crebos. Mm-hmm. So you do those snakes, they'll eat anything. Anything at all. That's awesome. If they can fit it in their mouth, it's fair game. <laughs> yeah, that's where like uh, the uh, like the Chinese market is your best place to go shop for snake food. Yeah, you can get frogs and fish and everything. That's awesome. 
feed them chicken necks. Their their feeding response is so insane that not that I would ever do this, but once they're already going, because you know you feed them multiple small things at a time, and so they're coming back, boom, boom. I I swear to you, they might swallow a carrot. <laughs> like their feeding response is absolutely nuts. So, okay, so hold on. I just got super distracted. There's a woman who just walked past us when the guy, she tried to pay me this morning with her hotel room key. Hmm. How'd that go? Um, I handed it back to her. I was like, ma'am, this is your hotel key. She's like, oh my God, he gave me tequila this morning and it's already hitting it. <laughs> it morning. was 10.30 this morning, y'all. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just got distracted. Because I, I want to hang out you, with him. I told Fuck. you that story yet today. <laughs> wow. Okay. Who drinks tequila? Back to the cool looking snakes. <laughs> anyway, so let, let's go to the... Uh, sorry. <laughs> the big thing when it comes to Drymarcon, which is the poop. It, it's, it's true. Uh, um... And it, you know, once and shit twice. No hesitation. It, yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's nuts, and especially during spring when their metabolism is on fire, and you're feeding them at minimum twice a week, which that's just normal. Uh, wow. But definitely three, sometimes even four times a week, um, especially females that have laid. Uh, you're you know you're wanting to beef them back up. They're gonna poop a lot, and it, it is messy. It is runny, and it's supposed to be runny. It's they don't really poop yeah. solid, and um, you know it. I keep mine simple because of this, and uh, some people don't like that. Like, oh, I didn't have this and that. And I'm like, because they're gonna poop, and then they're gonna crawl through the poop, and then they're and gonna they finger paint it everywhere. It, yeah. And unpopular opinion. I'm not trying to, you know. However, people keep them. That's fine. It's not my business. I don't think you can keep them sanitary and spot clean them. I don't think it's possible. They yeah. they spray it, and so the the whole idea of spot cleaning just doesn't really work with that species. Well, I, mean, I mean, you obviously know what you're doing because you've been doing this for a while. So. Uh, this is my seventh year producing them and tenth keeping them. Yeah. And they're just, they're so different. So if anybody owns something like a ball python, it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum from a it ball is. python. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely you is. You know, we make fun of ball pythons being pet rocks and doing nothing. We make fun of them because it's what it is. They, they sit there and they don't move much. And I'm not going to, look, I'm going to say it. There's not a lot of thought going on in a ball python's head. I'm not saying they're completely <laughs> dumb, but they may ride the short bus to school. I mean, they're a rock. But on an indigo, it's like so, intelligence so it's like when we, it's like when we went to Cody Bartolini's yeah. and we saw the the mambas, right? Oh, that was terrifying. And you look at the mambas in their eyes and, they, and they're looking at you. It was mm. like I will fuck you up. <laughs> indigos, indigos have that same thing. You can see their eye moving and looking. They are a diurnal hunter. They they're thinking. Yeah, yeah they're definitely. They're thinking. a problem solver. And they, I know, like my my friend, she had some uh, a couple of uh, they were Easterns. Hayden. Uh, yeah. Well, well Daniel. Oh yeah, I think uh, I sold her one. Probably so. And uh, Danielle has it. I know at least one because I handled it. But she said it was always looking for the vulnerability in the cage. It w- yeah, they always do do that. looking. It, it, I always think of that line in Jurassic Park where he's like, "They never hit the same spot twice." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically how they are. Yep. And they know, like, I have a uh, front opening cages where it like angles down, like the doors open out this way. Yeah. And they know exactly where that first crack's going to be. And, uh, and they're they're at Shooting it. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm and, assuming their feed response is great. Oh, it's insane. Uh, I've been chased around the room multiple, multiple times where they'll just shoot out of their cage. And, and it's weird because they're one of the most docile, handleable snakes there is until you have a rat in your hand. Like, yes. And then they're just absolute monsters. Oh, so my Louisiana yeah. pine's like that. So if I take my Louisiana pine out without feet, uh, wonderful. Yeah, just to put but it. But if I have to open the tub after there's been rats in the room, that thing comes shooting out and will oh, bite yeah. the first thing it touches yeah. and it doesn't care. That's yeah. uh, uh, My wife has a big blue beauty. Uh, he's, what, seven and a half? Yeah. Eight foot long? And you walk in that room, and if if I've been out working with the rats in the like cleaning rats, 
he can smell them, and he's at the door. Yeah. Just, yeah. Otherwise, he's super chill. And well, that's another weird thing about <laughs> their intelligence is um, I, I, I personally believe they can differentiate people just with vision alone. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Uh, because my uh-huh. wife has nothing to do with the snakes, but she does go in that room. And when she comes in, they'll come out. And then when they see her, they're like, eh, whatever. You know, but when I'm out, they're at the door. I think we underplay a lot of snake intelligence. Now, I'm still not underplaying ball pythons. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. But but active hunters, yeah. like, like again, I've looked in the eyes of black mambas, king cobras. Uh, they're active hunters, and, they, and they're intelligent. And, they and you know, I've looked at ind- ind- eastern indigo, same thing. Um, I'm not saying my corn snakes think that much. I think they're... <laughs> There may be a step above a ball python, which I don't think is much. But most colubrids are. Yeah, but it's just they're super smart. And then you talk about the easterns. I think the most interesting thing about easterns is the amount of area they cover in the wild. Yeah, oh, yeah. they they cruise they for miles. Yeah, like their ter- home territory is massive compared to others, especially I've, the males. Yeah, I've found <laughs> so like a coach whip around here. That's I've, I've when I was in college, I found a coach whip um, on some land that our college owned, and then I went back like. Three weeks later, found the same fucking coach. <clears throat> yep. It's a fairly small area. We went, no, no, no. When we were in Austin or San Antonio? Austin. Austin. And we the, went hiking. The, the blind snake. And the, the blind, blind snakes were under this same thing. rock. Robert was like, there was a blind snake under this rock yesterday. I lifted it up. There's, There's a, blind a blind snake. snake I'm like, yeah. what? But that's not going to happen with indigos. They are actively going out and cruising miles of territory. In in certain seasons, it'll happen with the females, um, but for the most part, the males are they're on the prowl. You know, they're uh, they're looking for females, they're looking for prey, and and uh, they're gonna eat anything they can, and they just cruise and cruise and cruise. Because they'll like come across a scent trail and follow it. Oh yeah, you yeah, know? like an active hunter. Well, I've seen them. Uh, people use uh, dog toys, dog puzzles with. So snakes like Kribos uh, yeah. and Scarlet, Scarlet where they have to open like that. little hatches. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they figure that shit out. That's yeah, just, they that's do. Creepy as hell. It's crazy. Um, and, uh, they're definitely honorary cobras. Like they're the way they act and the intelligence level. They're 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 very interesting. So, what type of a setup do you use at home? I know, like, we have a few snakes that we have in like actual like cage set up for display purposes mm-hmm. because they're just strictly pets but then like things that are being bred we have an rack system that he uses and and or larger cages depending on the snake so how do you have your stuff set up um it's mostly just rack systems until they're uh, absolute adults and then they're in six foot by two foot uh cages mm-hmm. um i also use boa racks um for some of the smaller sized ones like the females and stuff like that uh the males tend to be quite a bit bigger so they're going to be in the six footers um and most of the females are too but and then the the guerrero locality rubidus they're a bit smaller so like a boa rack will good to go their whole life you know they, they max out at about like six six and a half foot so the eastern indigo is our largest North American non-venomous snake. Mm-hmm. How does the uh, the Texas indigo compare size-wise with the easterns? You know, I I don't really know to be honest with you because to me all the ones I've experienced I, I don't keep Texas indigos because I am in Texas and they're the law just got changed a few years ago to where we can own them. And uh, but the way the law is written makes me uncomfortable because it's, it's absolutely yeah. whoever's interpreting that law. Yes, and they wrote it very strangely. That is so. all. That is all laws like snakes. Well, yeah, same way and, with yeah. uh, with uh, timbers. Yeah, exa- it's you exactly know. the same. And well, they so, took them off the list the same day. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And and I don't trust the way they wrote it, so nope. I just don't mess with them. But in the in my experience and the ones I've seen, I feel like they're the same size. I feel like the eastern just gets the credit because that's that's the famous one. Yeah, and, and I think the eastern gets more. 
I was just telling James they're they're that really dark black. Yes, and yes. The Texans, the Texans black. will have the they'll have a little pattern to them yeah. a lot of times. And the Texans and, tend to be even the super dark ones. They tend to be a little bit chocolatey brown. Yeah. And um, well, I guess they're and, not like a the, rainbow. And the Easterns are what they're 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 nationally protected, right? They're uh, endangered yeah, species. Yeah, federal so they get protection. More, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get more coverage. But uh, my first Eastern, the first Texas I saw was. Last year, a friend of ours brought one to a show that he had just called two that he had just caught. The Brian College yeah. show. Yeah, and I'd never seen them, but I'm like, it's an awesome looking snake to see in person. Yeah, they yeah. are. And I mean, they were something I saw in books and magazines my whole childhood. And and then 10 years ago, I was looking around at my collection and doing the math in my head. And I was like, if I sold all this, I could finally get Eastern Indigos, you know? <laughs> and so I started selling everything and I got them. And I've never regretted that decision. So I had you, a pretty diverse collection. What did you own before then? What were you collecting or getting? I mean, then? I've always been a colubrid nerd. So, I mean, it was just different types of Asian rats and you know, American colubrids and things like that. Um, you know, it just is what it is. Somehow, if you like colubrids, you're the nerd. And I'm like, yeah, the most active. Right. Uh, you know, I was going to say, ones. in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. my, my that makes wife you is, stand out of the crowd. My wife is really getting into the Asian rat snakes. They're and cool. I, They're, they are But cool. it's only because she's never handled an indigo. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, fuck, just and, and that's the I'm thing. not letting her walk to your side of the building this weekend, by the way. Yeah. I, I wish I could still bring the an adult with me. And sometimes I think about maybe using some of the adult that I keep in, out of my facility just to bring to shows because... It would be an awesome thing on the table because this is what it will look exactly. like. Exactly. And in the first few years I did shows, I did always bring an adult, but then my collection kept growing and um, the diversity was growing and I just got terrified of, you know, picking something up. And, I get that. You know, I get that. So I quit bringing you them. You got that. Until you okay. hold one, you don't realize what they feel like. And there's... I didn't come up with this description and I honestly don't remember where I read it, but it's very accurate. And it, they feel like steel cable wrapped in snakeskin. Yeah. And they really do. They are stout. They are dense. Man, I, I've there's a video that goes around a lot of a guy. There's a big indigo behind, on one side of a pipe fence and a rattlesnake on the oh, other. I've seen that video. And yeah, he flips yeah. the rattlesnake over to it, and that indigo pins the ass into that rattlesnake yes. down and bites it by the head and just stretch. And you can hear the everything breaking oh my and God. popping. They're I have not seen this video. snake eaters. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I do feed the occasional snake to mine, and to anyone that owns dry Marcon, just for science purposes alone, I highly recommend feeding them at least one snake in your life because the way they do it is masterful. Yes. So I was actually going to ask, what do you feed yours? Because you said that they have a very varied diet. So you do want to vary their diet because their diet is extremely varied in the wild. Um, but I have gotten to the point now where I feed... Lots of rodents, but that's not the majority. What I have switched to over the last two, maybe almost three years, is Reptilinks, the Mega Blend. And my snakes are looking prettier. Uh, my clutch yields went up. That was on accident. I didn't, wasn't even in my mind, didn't know that was a possibility, which would make <laughs> me believe it's healthier for them. Yeah. Um, and it actually did improve their, I'm not going to say it made their poop solid. It definitely didn't, <laughs> but it's like... It's like it was now, more potato soup yeah, and not exactly. chicken noodle soup. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Gotcha. And um, so, and because they don't stretch very big, like I have a, I don't know how big he is. He's got he's close to eight foot if he's not um, big yellowtail male, and he cannot even get his mouth around a medium rat. You know, they they don't stretch much because right. they're natural snake eaters. And um, so the reptilinks are just shaped perfect for them. And I definitely have seen a difference in the quality in my animals with use. And I'm not, I'm in no way sponsored by them. I'm, I'm just telling you how it is with my experience with that product. I have loved it for them. That's awesome. Well, I think that they're a really neat snake, but it's definitely one of those things that if you've owned boas, pythons, uh, this is not the same thing. You need to be prepared for what you're getting into. There's, Very there's, different. You know, there's a lot of snakes that, uh, those oddball snakes, and, and, and they fall into that oddball uh, part that people think, oh, if I own this, I can own that. I'm like, 
this is not one of those. This no. is something you yeah. have to prepare for. And, and yeah. it's something you got to be ready to work with because um, it's a lot of work. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, there's always something going on. And the best, it's not exactly accurate, but the best description I have for them is legless monitors. They, I get yeah, I yeah. Get they do, they don't use constriction. They don't have venom. They they have jaw pressure. They overpower stuff. They, they do just jaw pressure and violence. And, well, and it's it's it's. I always say with especially with violent. indigos that it's a good thing they're not really bitey. Yeah. Oh no joke. Because it's got to suck to get bit the, by them. Their their oh jaw gosh. pressure is no joke. I'm gonna have to okay. look this video up. Um, now. I have oh, cool. I have witnessed more times than I could possibly count. Just jaw pressure alone squeeze the guts right out of a rat. Oh Jeez. my god. And gosh. then they'll go back and eat the guts. Yeah. I've seen people when they feed their Kribos or feed like their indigos. Unlike where I'm taking a tong and feeding a rat to a boa, they'll just put a plate there and just put everything on the plate. Oh, and absolutely. Just come eat everything yeah. off the plate. Um, sometimes, That's so, cool. so whenever I'm conditioning my females, especially, but even the males get it during this time, I'll, uh, like you were saying, I'll go to the Asian market and I'll get different types of fish and shrimp and uh, just various things that I find. And I'll just prepare it all on little paper plates and then put it in their cage and they'll come out and eat it. Yeah, I've seen them. That That's so cool. Or if, uh, like, you know, sometimes I might uh, do like a reptilink, a rat, and a chick, and I'll just put it in a paper plate and throw it in their cage. And they're more than happy to eat like that. They couldn't care less. Yeah, I had a, a buddy with yellowtails, and he was, we were at Walmart one day, and he was like, oh, look, chicken legs are on sale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They love chicken legs. The, um, the, I've found them chicken legs before. I have found, and, you know, I, I hate to say stuff like this because <clears> I feel like, the internet being what it is, people comment, you're going to cause this or that. and Go for it. Whatever. I've got <laughs> consistency. I can prove I that I've been say, doing good. Yeah. But, um, I feed my, I eat a lot of pork chops at my house and I'll trim the fat off. And with my females that have just laid, I will feed them just pork fat strips. That's yeah, good. Put it back on quick. I mean, they, they had a fast, they that, that's the problem. Quick. Super fast metabolism. That's the reason they poop so much. That yes. Colubrids in general have a fast metabolism, but this group, Dry Marcon, it's extremely fast. The stuff goes in and it comes out pretty yep. quick. Yep. So how often do you have to feed your like your adults because they do have such a fast metabolism? So it, it it's sort of a balancing act because um, it, it's hard to find exactly the right amount, but it does break down like most of the year they're going to eat about twice a week. Springtime they're going to eat three times a week, and then wintertime when they're brumating they'll they'll still eat during brumation. They don't you don't get them down that low like yeah. they don't stop, and um, so they're about once a week. And uh, during that time, but it's a balancing act because sometimes you'll notice they're starting to get a little too plump and uh, you need to back it down. And then other times they might start to be, they might get a little triangular and you got to step it up. And I'm assuming they lose weight pretty quickly if you stop Absolutely. Eating. Yeah. The way you, like if you go on vacation, if you're a ball python breeder and you go on vacation for two weeks, nobody looks any different. Yeah. They will literally look different. Jeez. That quick. That's crazy. It, I, I mean, they're not going to be emaciated. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to be gonna noticeably notice, thinner. You're going to notice it's time to feed them. Yeah, they're they're going to be waiting for you to be pissed. And, and by the way, <laughs> just to be clear here for anyone that wants to be dry mark on, I can't leave for two weeks. <laughs> like, they're going yeah. to have bacterial infections and be covered in feces if I do. Like, there's just no way. It's, like I said, it's, it's definitely a different. You know, even for so like so, I like I own king snakes, but it's not the same thing. Like they are. No, it's not. It's close. I mean, that's definitely closer, but um, but no, it's not. Um, because I've kept plenty of kings over the years, and um, they're they're just so hard to just classify. Like they're just their own yeah. unique weird thing, and and so much of what I love about them, I have trouble putting into words, and and that's why I like to bring an adult when I can, because then people are just like, wow. You know, this you know it's funny that you say that though, because I feel like at the show people that are truly going to appreciate what you have on your table, you're not going to have to put it into words you because don't. they're going to yeah. get it. The, the, dry, the clientele is it's very different. Like, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm telling secrets here, but, like, you hear a lot of breeders 
they get frustrated with questions and newbies. And not that they have questions, but that they're not willing to do their own homework. Yeah. That kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Like easily answered questions. Hey, how big I don't does it get? get? That. That's a... I don't get that at all. Like, well, cause, yeah, because your clientele is not, this is not usually their first snake they're no, buying. Absolutely. They already know what it is. Even though it's they the first snake you bred. It. It's and, not. You know. <laughs> so, talk about the breeding again. And we talked about this earlier when I was at your table, but uh, snake eaters always scare the shit out of me when it comes to breeding. Mm hmm. But you told me you've never had a single issue. You don't even have the grab behind the neck and pin them down. And yeah, and, and I don't like like I, I'm. That's why I, I you know I gave you the little asterisk so to speak yeah. on that because it, it's just my own personal experience. I don't want to tell people that that's how it's going to be for you too because I have no idea. But I feel like there might be a little bit of gatekeeping in the dry marcon world, and they kind of scare the new guys. And um, I have not experienced any of that. I have never had to suture up a female. I've never had to battle my males. I don't do that at all. And um, I've I've never had one eat each other. As long as that male and the female are eat, you know close to equal size, obviously the males are a little bigger. Uh, they don't look at it like that. And when when those pheromones are going, the male's not even thinking about eating anyways. Well, that's, one, I don't know what the deal is with everyone else. Well, and one thing you mentioned <laughs> that I think a lot of people aren't used to, especially if you're a boa or a python person, is the males are large here because mm -hmm. they are in the wild a combative species, yep. and so the males tend to be bigger. Uh, whereas in boas and everything, we're used to females being the larger ones. And they're they're considered sexually dimorphic, but I feel like if you're a noob, you're they're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I can certainly not not necessarily with hatchlings, but uh, sub adults and up, I can definitely be like, oh, that's a male. And they're just broader, they're just thicker, and um, their heads are wider, you know, and obviously they're longer, <laughs> but um, but yeah, they are sexually dimorphic technically. So you said hatchlings, so they're they come they hatch from eggs. Yes, yes, okay. and they're extremely weird eggs. I was um, just about to ask, what do they look like? Because I know like pine snake eggs are like ridiculously. Yeah. I don't insane. think they're as big as I've never I've never been up close to pine snake eggs. I've seen photos. I don't actually think they're as big as those eggs, um, but they're textured like twenty grit sandpaper. What? I, you know what? I've heard that. I've, I've heard that there is a texture to them. They're nuts. So uh, cool. Racers and coach whips have the same texture on their eggs. Do they they glue together, together like a lot of other ones? Or no. Uh, they don't do the, that's what they, I thought. They didn't glue together. They're, um, they don't do that. And they're, you know, that that's one another thing that I've personally never had an issue with, but other people have, is egg binding. Um, I'm under the impression that that female wasn't big enough. And so I keep dried eggs around, and when I'm raising things up, I just kind of every now and then throughout the seasons, I'll check her her body width compared to one of those eggs. Yeah. And I want them bigger than that egg is. That makes sense. And yeah, then, good. And then obviously hydration is key. And, well, um, of course, with that species... Huh? No, go ahead. You're, you're with that species, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about when to change the water. You change the water every time you clean the cage. <laughs> so Sean mentioned to me that you have lots of dead things. Oh, yeah. So I used to... Um, some people might know who I used to be on Instagram, which was Modified Remains. Um, I did all the bone work and bone art, and then it got too controversial, so I quit. Uh, actually, I still make stuff, but just for myself. You I, said you owe him a T-Rex? I don't know. You just told me to tell you that. <laughs> I still have the ingredients in the freezer. That's so. just too I, I don't have the patience for articulating stuff. I, I, I'm a, I, I'm a little spectrum-y, apparently, according to the doctor. And, uh, so I zone out and... I can just do stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, on Instagram, people would always ask me what school I went to to learn. I'm like, I just figured it out, man. I just put bones together. I don't know what any of this is. And, uh, like Megan Kelly, um, she had Max the Croc Monitor. Yeah. Did y'all ever see his skeleton? I haven't seen it. Oh, I built that. If you, if you look on her Instagram, you can find check it. Check it out. We've and, had uh, Megan on before. Oh, right on. Um, well, yeah, Sean told me you made 
Was it tortoises that look like mushrooms or turtles that look like mushrooms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Amanita. I've heard him talk. Oh, you're that guy. Yeah, I've heard yeah, him talk me. about you. Okay. Uh, Amanitum wisteria style mushrooms. And so I would use, uh, and this is where the internet started to really get mad at me. I'd use like human bone for the like, for the <laughs> mushroom stems and cockatoo feathers for I the mean, mushroom it's gills. It's not like you were and, killing people to get the bones. Nah, you can just buy bones. No, you can buy those. People always be like, where do you get human bones, internet? I know. <laughs> I didn't kill them. Oh I just didn't ask gosh. where they came from. But I, I really did enjoy doing it, and I still have everything, and you know, I make stuff. My my personal collection is pretty good sized, and uh, but uh, the internet just made it where I hated doing it. Yeah, people suck. Yeah, yeah. They they literally like I I I, I did sleezus, which is a crucified sloth skeleton. <laughs> you, you can hang it upside down or right side up. I love up. it. Oh, and the God. amount of hate I got over that piece. Oh, oh my God. I, wanna, oh, I can't even imagine. I want to hang that above my TV in my living room. Absolutely yeah. not uh, coming in my uh, house. We could take it out on uh, Zombie Jesus Day. Yeah. The, the original <laughs> post for it got removed by Instagram because there was thousands of comments of people just battling each other, battling me, and people thought I went to Peru and stole a sloth and murdered it. Or uh, look, they oh don't know. God. Jesus may have come back as a sloth. Yeah. I, the title was Sleezus. He died for his own sins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, that's the best. Sweet baby, not baby Jesus. Sloth Jesus. <laughs> I guess I was just, uh, when you combine the fact, now everything I worked with died of natural causes in a zoo or in a collection, and then I would just, you know, process it and build it. But um, I wonder if Callie Grant has any of your pieces. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna you, to, do you know Callie Grant? I don't think so. Oh, oh, we're going to go introduce you to her. Yes, we're this introducing. Right up her alley. I'm going to turn Katie down because she's screaming into the microphone. I'm sorry, I got excited. I know, calm down. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to ask before, uh, legality stuff, because you deal with Asian indigos. Yeah. They're a protected species. Absolutely. Um, ESA listed. And it's, uh, I saw it's like my Louisiana pines. They're a protected species now. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, I will try and breed them. But I know, like, you can gift stuff, which as a person who's trying to pay for rodents, that's not always the favored thing. But how do you deal with the legality of eastern indigos being a federally protected? I just sell them all in Texas. Do you have to have a permit to sell, but the receiver doesn't? Or no, so what the permit is, is it's an interstate commerce permit. Um, and so you only have to get that permit when you're selling over state lines. Okay. And so as long as we're all Texas residents, there's nothing. Um, now, there are a handful of states, I don't remember them offhand, that you do have to have a permit to keep the Eastern Indigo. I would imagine like South Carolina, Georgia, somewhere D- over definitely there. Definitely the native areas, but there's also, like, don't quote me on this, I may be wrong, but I swear I think New Mexico is one for some reason. I have no idea why. And then I that think... Could, isn't it the state that doesn't allow like expos in it, New Mexico? Oh, yeah. so maybe they just have weird laws there. And I, no, you know, they don't. You for some only, reason, they're just like outright banned in Massachusetts, from what I hear. No idea well, why. In That's crazy. New Mexico, you can only own like three of any one species of anything. Oh, wow. Even like chickens, you're only supposed to have like three. It's stupid. What in the world? Yeah. I thought Georgia had the worst laws. I was going to say, I thought Georgia Because uh, I met a few vendors at a Colorado show, and they live in New Mexico, and they're like, yeah, we don't put that on anything. <laughs> Georgia's yeah, one of the three states I couldn't ship any of my human bone art to. It's uh, <laughs> Georgia and... Oh, man, I think Tennessee, they, they don't allow interstate commerce of human bones. And then Louisiana had to outright outlaw it because of hoodoo. Uh, that, <laughs> that, just, that does make sense, actually. Yeah. Makes sense in Louisiana. And all their graveyards are above ground. So. Yeah. And, yeah. and some of those bones may not have been from people that were dying of natural causes. Absolutely, yeah. correct. So, um, that's all. Like, 
the whole dry Marcon and, and indigos, I think, is a really cool thing. And also, for anybody out there that breeds snakes, it is always helpful to have at least one species that eats snakes. Absolutely. The garbage uh, disposal. Yeah. That's the whole, one of the whole reasons I have <laughs> king snakes yep. is so that they can just eat dead sand, or sambos that are like, I don't want to eat. All right. Well, then you're going to get eaten. Yep. Yep. And I've posted, and this is why, I, you know, I'm so inactive on the internet these days. I haven't posted on my Instagram and, since 2022, and it's because I... I'm just doing natural things and making art and breeding snakes, and then you just get a lot of hate. But I, every now and then, if a, you know, you had a failure to thrive, a dry marcon baby, or maybe it died in the egg right before hatching, I'd just feed it to another indigo, and that seemed to really bother people too. Which is crazy, because that's I mean that's just are nature. So damn soft. It's that or yeah. throw it away, and exactly. it just goes to waste. Yeah, like I'm gonna, it's gonna be used now. It's gonna make energy for this one. It's, it's now gonna turn into in poop in a, about three hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, I was going somewhere with that, and my brain went blank. I started thinking about all the poop. Uh, so, yeah, if, if someone were to own a dry Marcon, whether it be a Eastern, if they could legally do it, uh, Texas, or the Mexican, or uh, Kribos, what do you think would be, and I hate to say it like this, but the best first dry Marcon, I guess the first pet, uh, you know, what's the easiest to take care of? It's, it's hard to say. Um, if size is an issue, then I would say the Guerrero Rubidus. Um, Gorel style rubidus, they're smaller, uh, but other than that, honestly, it's the it's the eastern indigo. Their, really? their personality is different to me, at least, um, than all the other ones. And uh, as far as difficulty to care for, if someone is willing to put the time in, it's probably a fairly easy species to take care of. I find them to be bulletproof. You just can't treat it like a ball python. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they need they need room. Um, and obviously, you're never going to come anywhere close to the range they yeah. do in the wild. You're going to need about a, a two by two mile square. Yeah, yeah. You got a hundred acres. And, uh, yeah. So it's uh, you know it is what it is with that. But um, I, I can't even remember the question now. I just zoned just right the, out. People, someone owning it as a as a first pet oh, and, and yeah, its yeah. care and how hard. So the I haven't found them to have any like crazy issues. Like they hate heat, first of all. So 78 ambient is flawless for them. A 80 degree hot spot is awesome, and they usually avoid it. And if you go hotter than that, they get they get upset. Like, oh really? One time it got up to almost 85 in the room, and they were all sprawled out and trying to get as flat as they could on the bottom of those cages because <laughs> they were trying to cool themselves off. They do not like heat, <laughs> and which is weird because they come from hot places, but right. they're they're cruising through the you know forest floor and they're uh, going down into dens and. Do they ever really climb? They they will climb, um, a, you know, some more than other. It's a kind of snake by snake thing, and then I have personally found that the yellowtails like to climb more, um, but they're certainly mostly terrestrial. Hmm. So, but and as far as humidity, I have found that the natural. Now this is only applicable to my area in Texas, which the, is what uh, northeast. Okay, and so the humidity we have naturally seems fine, but I I do provide every single one of them with a um, a humid hide, a moss box. Yeah. And that's it, uh, you know. And and I do I ambient control the whole room, and I do nighttime drops, and I actually have no heat on any of the cages. Oh wow! And they love it. They they're thriving. I have a ton of them, and that uh, helps your light bill a lot too. Exactly. And I've I've got consistency. And once again, I'm not bragging. This is literally the, my main focus, the only thing I know, and I'm just basing it on my own experience. But I hear some people say they don't get consistency breeding them. I breed them every year. And, um, and you know, and, and now obviously certain females get the year off, but yeah. I mean, as far as when I go out to breed, it happens. Yeah. And, um, and so I'll, I feel like what I'm doing is working. Um, Sounds like my sister with five kids. <laughs> 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 um, 
Okay, so let's, it's been 30 minutes. Let's get you back to your table. Uh, yeah. If people want to get a hold of you and talk to you about indigos or human bones, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, best way would be you can go to indigoblackllc.com and email me, and then after about a week, you'll probably hear from me. <laughs> Should definitely do it. Uh, I, I really want an Eastern Indigo. You can come show yeah. me his table. But if I got an Eastern Indigo, I would want like an eight foot by like no, three just, foot cage. No, no, no. Just come on. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to clean. Remember that. <clears throat> you do have a oh. birthday coming up in like nine months, James. Yeah. That's true. You can, no, you know. sir. Oh, and one tip I can give people. Uh, the best thing I've found to clean their cages with, uh, hydrogen peroxide. Really? It foams the it foams everything, and, and so yeah, if you've got it in the creases, it foams it right out of those creases and really? wipes yeah. up instantly. So, do there are there year rates different than like year rates of like uh, boas and other stuff? They, they are. Uh, there's a whole lot of white powder in them, and so as soon as it soaks into that paper, there's just white smeared because pa- it's not solid urates. Yeah. And so it's just like white powder over everything. And just you have cocaine. To go and wipe it all got, yeah. Cocaine yeah. snakes. It's oh very weird. God. Crazy. So you had cocaine bear. Now you have cocaine snakes. Yep. All right. Uh, so check him out. Send him an email. He'll get back to you at some point. It's fine. If, if, you're, if you're really interested, <laughs> you're right. Y'all, I'm just better in person. Um, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back probably tomorrow on day two with some other people. All right. Goodbye. Welcome back to day two of Herps Conroe. Uh, I'm excited about this interview because Lori had to go threaten them to be on. I don't agree with threatening our li- our our visitors. She by the was, way, she was joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you if you, if you know the voice because you've been to shows in the last probably what 15, 20 years, Don. As long as they've been doing them. Yeah, this, this is Don Shores with us today. I took James's duties over and introduced the guests for That's the first fine. time ever. You want to go yeah. and name his business also? Yeah, Shores enough snakes. Yeah, Shores enough snakes. Uh, the look of shock on James's face when Lori told us that you had agreed to do this, even if she kind of agreed. your arm, I think I will never <laughs> not be excited I about was, that look. I was excited <laughs> to get Don on. Don, he was pumped. Don, how long have you been keeping reptiles? Uh, since 73. That's a little while back. I've Jeez. been breeding them since 79, so 44 years or hey, so. Hey, Don. I'm the oldest one at this table besides you, and I was born in 80. <laughs> I was born in 58. <laughs> so what all, you've, you've probably at this point kept at least almost everything. Uh, a lot of different stuff. I've never gotten into the tree boas or pythons, but I've done the Madagascan ground boas, the rainbow boas, boas, the retics, the burmeses. And then all, a lot of the colubrids, most of the colubrids. Yeah, because you've had some really cool colubrid stuff. Uh, was it last year or the year before you had, was it the king snakes that you had that were like white? Oh, those are Pueblin milk Pueblos, snakes. that's right. That's our newest thing. We have more of them this year, I hope. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, those were uh, very shocking looking because that is, if no one's used to you got to go check it. I guess it's probably on, do you have a, face, do you have a Facebook, Don? Do what? Do you have a Facebook? Uh, we're on Morph Market. Uh, that's where our and we're on Facebook. Yeah, if you can find the pictures of those, maybe I can try and find one from Don. And I can post it on our on our Facebook page. But those those were cool looking. I remember seeing those. Uh, over the years, what's been your favorite to work with? I know now you kind of work with ball pythons, but that's kind of the market, right? So right. What is your favorite snake to work with? If you could choose one, and you didn't have to worry about the market or selling them or any of that. I would probably say the California Kings. We like those. We have a lot of different California King morphs. Um, and we have a lot of Desert Kings, the Splendida. Yeah. 
We were like the first, some of the first ones to produce the albinos from a wild-caught albino. Is it the variability of like uh, California kings that you like? Because I mean, there's just so much. There's just so many different morphs, different patterns. It's just pretty cool. Okay, so I'm known for the one who doesn't know what you guys are talking about, and so I Google stuff a lot. And this desert king snake is really cool looking. Yeah. Yes. I had to Google it because I was like, "Mm, I don't recognize that name. But I spelled it right, so that was impressive for spelled me. Spelled Desert King Snake? <laughs> no, no, no. I typed Splendida. Splendida. Oh, Splendida. Okay. I spelled Splendida right. I was, like, I was afraid you spelled Desert King no, Snake. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Is that on, on his Yeah, book? that's on his Facebook. So then you go to Shores Enough uh, snake. Snakes. It's the cover photo. Yeah, it's it's a solid white. Well, there's a cool one. But it looks, yeah. the solid white with the colored head Pueblin is. And one little spot by its tail. Right. <clears throat> what? How'd you get it? Was that a, a, a long-term thing? Or did it just like, oh, look at this. Did. They just hatched out from some breeders. We had gotten some babies and raised them up, and we produced them. And we thought, well, I wonder why we're getting these. But then we hatched out three different clutches from the same male, different females, and there were some in each clutch. And (laughs) then we tried last year, and it happened again. So we think it's the male. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is so cool. I'd love to just like look into something. That's a happy something. surprise. I know. <laughs> I think they're 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got your happy surprise with your didn't know it was Annery Boas this year. Yeah, it's not a happy yeah, surprise. Yeah, it's a happy surprise. Okay, let's just go with surprise. I was, was excited because we got some Anneries thrown in the mix. I don't I'm like sure Annery. She has three bearded dragons on her. There's a lot of bearded dragons on that person. <laughs> yeah. There's way too many. As uh, you can see, we're easily distracted by everything that's around okay. us. That's <laughs> okay. So that had to be crazy to walk in because I mean you should go in looking for a Pueblin clutch when they've hatched you're expecting color and you walk in and you see a solid white snake and my wife came out and she was so happy she says look at these and I said oh wow so does your wife help a lot with all the snake stuff she, she mainly, mainly does the colubrids she's the one that puts the Pueblins and stuff together um, I do mainly the ball pythons but I kind of taught her how to do the colubrids over the years that's cool. See, I'm very th- good at it. I'm one of those when I have a snake that I know is pregnant, I start to have dreams like a week or two before about weird shit hat coming out. Right. And so like that would be one of those moments where I'd if I'd see it, I have to remind myself I'm not still asleep, and it is actually a really <laughs> it's not weird a snake. Dream. Um, but that that's really cool. So one thing I am curious about when you do shows, uh, you do well at shows. Pretty good. Which is very weird because. We know a lot of people that don't do so well at shows because, I mean, there's a lot of people selling the same, some of the same stuff. What do you account uh, your ability to do so well? I mean, because you're not selling stuff drastically different from everybody else. But what? why do you do better? I think I know why. Because you can see the surface of the sun from the lights at his table. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Those lights are like the most glorious thing Plus I think location. I've ever seen. Location is always important. Yeah. That that is one thing. Your setup is uh It's gorgeous. It sticks out. <laughs> but it's not it's not overly like complicated. It's just nice no. and clean. It it's bright. You know, I had the same setup before and then I went to the newer displays and I didn't like how bright they, they just weren't real bright. So I finally just sold the new stuff and got back all the old stuff. I like it. It uh, changed the lighting on it. Well, those really those displays were really heavy too, weren't they, Don? Yeah. I know you I remember you heavy. saying that they were really heavy. And I'm getting old, you know. We're not getting any. Younger. 
that is one thing. When you first walk into a Herb show, if Dante, you will see him. It's awesome. But so you're doing a lot of ball pythons now. Is it, let me ask you this because as someone who doesn't like ball pythons, uh, do do you like ball pythons or is it a business decision? That's both. I used to be a lot really against ball pythons, and then they started coming out with all these different morphs. And then I slowly, I inherited a collection from a friend, and uh, I put some together, and I got eggs, and then I ended up buying his collection from him. He was selling it, and the rest is history. After I got into it, I really liked it. They are pretty easy to do. Which morph is your favorite? Which morph is your favorite? And then we'll ask which morph you tend to sell the most of. The pides. I've always loved love, the pides. I love pides. They look different. You can see them and they look different. Yeah, I agree with that. The ones that sell the best are like the blue-eyed Lucy's. That's yeah. Weird. And I try to keep both. So it, it, it's tough. I know I've brought people to Don for both, including, yeah. including my wife. I love pods. It's, it's, I, I don't like a lot of the ball python stuff where it looks the same. It's just like this is a darker ball python. This is a lighter ball python. But if you look at a pod, like it is different than anything else. So I was going somewhere and my brain went blank. I got nothing. I haven't <laughs> had any caffeine today. So you should get it's, some. I know. <laughs> you know, I used to when I only did colubrids, you know, the king snakes and stuff. I would breed a bunch, sell them all at shows. There wasn't so many shows. And then I wouldn't do a show till I had babies again. And now it's it's a lot different in that if you stop doing shows for a while, then it's harder to get back in them because so many people want to be oh, yeah. in the show. Yeah. When you were breeding colubrids, when colubrids were the thing, before ball pythons were the thing, you know, everybody, king snakes right. and all that stuff, that that had to be a completely different time. Because like it's, it's weird now because people look at like colubrids now as like, eh, whatever, and they'd rather do pythons. But at one point, that was the thing to do. Colubras, yes. And I used to do a lot of Honduran milk snakes. I have, I don't have any anymore. It's just things change, and you know. And since my wife is working more with them, she tells me what she likes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever do gray bands? I have some, have some. behind my table right do you? now. Yeah. I haven't looked. I haven't. We have eggs at home. Yeah. yeah. Do you really? I just figured being in Texas, you had yeah, gray bands. You can't. He bought the ones that I wanted last weekend and wasn't even at the show. <laughs> uh, who was it had a Michael Pinnell had yes, he did. A, a 1.2 and they're Lang trees 1.3 and they're Lang trees which is what my female is that I've been looking for a male forever yeah I couldn't have bought them anyway but I went over and was looking at them and he said sold I said who bought those he said Don I said Don's not even here he goes I know he sent him a picture Aaron sent him a picture and he said I'll take them that's so funny they're they're beautiful he has another pair on his table. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Don. <laughs> so you started breeding in the late 70s. Uh, breeding snakes was definitely way different than it is now. Right. Uh, was it a lot of trial and error for you back then? Because now it's uh, kind of like a cookie cutter thing, especially with ball pythons. Right. You had to learn how to do stuff. You know, if you wanted someone something from someone else, you heard about it on the, through the phone or something, and, and they had to send you a picture through the mail. You know, now it's instantly <laughs> right. pretty much, and you know you had to. We had to ship airlines. You could you couldn't ship FedEx or UPS or anything. Yeah. And I just, it's just a lot different now. You know, now if someone can buy something, you ship it the next day. FedEx. Is there anything about uh, how it was back then, seventies, eighties, that you like better than what it is now? 
Or is everything... No, I don't think so. <laughs> everything's gotten much easier. It's much better now. I imagine from a business standpoint, it's just it's so much... Especially with Morph Market, you don't have to leave your house if you want to sell stuff at this point. Exactly. Yeah, I like I like that. Spend the whole day in pajamas. Just making money at home. <laughs> I love when I have stuff on Morph Market and I get a little message that goes, how much is this? And they'll go, okay. I lo- well, I like it's when, how much is this? And then they're willing to buy it right then and there. Not how much is this? And then... And, and then they just go away. Yeah. So that's a difference nowadays. You know, back then you had to wait for a check or whatever in the mail. And <laughs> How many clutches of eggs across everything do you expect in one season now? Cause, I mean, you're, you're breeding a lot. If you got, I used to get like sixty or seventy. Now I'm into the probably forty to fifty. I'm trying to get it down a little bit. I don't have a lot of land in what's killing us now is buying rats and mice that oh, yeah. gone up so high. Yeah. So you don't breed your own stuff? No, I don't have a... I'm in a city and it's hard. Oh. I just wouldn't want to do it. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the smell and the worst. I used to do it in the backyard, but uh, this city is just not... So, somebody sent postcards to all my neighbors saying, do you know this guy has thousands of snakes and rats and mice in their house? Really? To all my neighbors. Jeez. Holy cow. God, I would Pro- uh, probably somebody you were selling more snakes than at a show. Well, I think it was, uh, I don't know for sure who it was. I think I know who it was. It was competition. That- See, and I'm, I'm super petty. I'm super man. petty. I would have found some way to get back at them. I feel like oh Don's God. like, I did. They're now dead. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's still here vending shows and they're not. <laughs> that person is gone. Because oh I'm God. sure over these years, Don, you've seen a ton of people come and go. Oh, yes. I mean, people come in two or three years, and then you never see them again. And I've seen a lot of people come 10 or 15 years and say, I bought my first corn snake from you back in... That's got to be awesome. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's always got to be cool, especially (coughs) when they come back if they're like a breeder, and now they're breeding with stuff that you produced. Right. And so, I mean, Grant, you know, it's a weird business because we're, as breeders, we're producing our own competition. But it's got to it's got to be cool, kind of to see. I mean, because you should be technically ahead of the person you sold whatever to. Right. Uh, but it would be neat to see that. Like that's that's cool. Show wise, uh, like you said, there's way more now. How different is it from reptile shows? Because I mean, there weren't really shows back in the '80s and early '90s. There was not. There would be like get-togethers, like herp. I know the like herp um, meetings. Meetings, maybe. yeah. And you would like, get there and trade or sell and buy. Or you'd go to their house and look at their stuff, and if you wanted to buy, you bought. Now it's so different. I really wish they had this back when I was growing up, although I'd be a lot poorer. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could. We I never saw half of this stuff. You know, the first albino corn snake I ever saw. Oh, I was so excited about it. Oh yeah, I could imagine back then. I mean. Especially because there was only a handful of people really breeding back then. Especially when and the more few morphs there were, there were not a ton of them. Now you walk into something like this and you see. Just the first time I saw a pied ball python, I was like, "That's a thing. That doesn't. It looks like somebody poured white out on this snake. It doesn't look possible." Right. And, and now you see it mixed with like seven other genes. And so, yep. that's got to be really neat. I I I, uh, I also love that these things bring a lot of kids in, and I think your your setup is kind of really inviting people because you have a lot of stuff that's definitely pet-friendly as well, too. So Right. Yep. So let me ask you, Don, is this a like a retirement job for you? I mean, I'm sure you worked a career. No, I retired from the hospital, but I was doing this the whole time I worked there. Ah. It's just 
I had good bosses that I'd let me off to go to shows, and I was off the weekend, so that's how I would do it. Awesome. But now I don't have to ask to get <laughs> Right. <laughs> now you only have one boss, and she's helping you with everything. Yeah, she helps me with everything. <laughs> okay, so I want you to remember those No, words. no, that's Don's relationship. That's not our relationship. We're, we're good. One boss, Jay. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> we'll pass on that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> now I'm... Thanks, Katie. No, I'm lost. I'm about to get back here pretty quick. You got to work. Work's not important. Yeah. Don, Don is hanging out with us. I, I, and and Sean is selling all of his snakes right now. And and Don's going to get back and there's going to be nothing left. Yeah. And he's going to pack them and go home. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to pick right now, would you, do you wish you could do more colubrids than ball pythons? Like is that Because that's where you were kind of originally in was doing colubrids. Right. But that's not really the market anymore, and it's hard to make – a living off just colubrids now. Right. I, You know, hognos are a big deal now, too, and we breed those. We don't have a ton. But, you know, I think I would do a few things different, but I would probably less ball pie. And the only reason I do that is because of the food. Rats. Yeah. It's so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I spend six, $700 a week feeding every week. That's why I got to do shows. <laughs> Katie, Holy cow. Katie would kill me. I'm 100% in my head. I was like, there's no way he could ever do that. <laughs> if he was vending shows every weekend and selling and well, saying for true. it. If I was making the kind yeah. of money Don well, Shores was making. And that's true. Because, because right now. Do them. Yeah. So taking care of the collection, is that just you and your wife or is there other people? Just me and my wife. Wow. That's a lot of snakes. for, Especially since you're gone on the weekends and she's just left there cleaning poop She's on a the cool weekend. lady. Yep. She's cleaning some of my cages today. <laughs> and she managed to, he gets back on Sunday and she just puts her hand out. All right, where's my share? <laughs> I just give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> How long have y'all been married? Uh, 33 years. And she always, like, she's always been cool with the snakes? I barely or? was, got her into it, you know, back when, before we got married, I, I had some albino Burmese when they were more expensive and, she slowly got into it. She used to come to all the shows with me, but it's really not her thing to come to shows. Yeah. She'll do a couple big shows with me every year, but. I think I met her at maybe the Fort Worth show. Because it's right by your house. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. She'll do that one every time. Yeah. That's. But. Katie was not really a snake person. I was when we not at all a snake person. <clears throat> Has there been points where you're like, hey, I want to buy this, and she, and you have to convince her that the money is worth buying something? Not so much anymore. I just buy it. <laughs> and, it. and I told her one time, you know, uh, forgiveness is easier than asking for permission. That's, right. That's my rule. <laughs> yep. <laughs> does, so, does she know... When you like, do you sometimes just get stuff and then put it in a rack and then she just doesn't know it's part of the collection? She no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Katie, Katie would have no clue. I would have no idea. It makes makes it so much easier. If it's in a rack, yeah, you can give it up. I'm never gonna know if you add something. Now, you, if another cage pops up at the house, are you bringing that thing home we talked about earlier from Corey? Oh, from, not, I know about. She that. knows about that. It's not here. <laughs> Okay. So it'd be later, but okay. I, I'm hopeful. I didn't want to say too much. No, no, no she doesn't know I, about that one. But, but I wanted to say enough to make her go. What are y'all he talking came about? Straight to me <laughs> yeah. and told me that about one was it. free. I had no, I, I, no problem telling her about <laughs> right. the free no, no, stuff. No, no, you tell me nothing in this world is free. <laughs> That's true. I have to buy a <laughs> yeah. cage and feed yeah. it. Yeah. Like Don yeah. said, you got all the snakes got to feed them. So <laughs> That's right. That's everybody thinks like it's funny when you 
see people like selling snakes and everybody thinks that people that are selling snakes are like rich, that everyone doing it is rich. And I'm like, the snakes still cost money. People yeah. see that with me too with my business. They see how yeah. much, you know, how much we sell. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be great if I could keep a third of it, you know, and not have to send it all back out. And, and, uh, there's so much overhead. And with the snakes too, especially like Don said, the rats have, I mean, they've probably what doubled in price in the last year and a half, Don. I remember I used to could get small rats for a buck, and now they're two ninety five. That's almost, almost triple. triple. And that's if they're actually small rat size, depending on who yeah. you get them from. Right. That's like I, I like to get medium rats, but every medium rat I've got lately, outside of our, our one sponsor, is, is that they're small rats. I'll get them and like I'll get the small rats and the medium rats, and they're the same size. I don't. Yeah, that you just paid you more money yes. for. Mm-hmm. It, it drives me nuts because they're like a small rat is up to forty nine grams, and a medium rat starts at fifty. And sure, you're this small weighs forty nine, but this medium, <laughs> medium weighs fifty. 50. Right. Yeah, that's how they get around that one. Uh, it just drives me nuts. It's but I, but I like snakes, so yeah, I'm gonna suffer. Your snakes typically pay for themselves too, so I don't really complain much. So that's what I wanted to ask, Don. Are you at a point now where you're producing everything on your table? No, okay. I'll never be there. Uh, I don't have I don't have the room for it. That's so I buy a lot of stuff, uh, but I breed a lot of stuff, but I buy a lot of stuff too. That's why I figured out as a full time. I mean, this is a full time thing. You're doing as many shows as you can, and it's that's why. Yeah, it's it's got to be impossible to keep that kind of stock. It is. But so you learn a lot of people, and and it and people know you buy, so everybody's calling <laughs> you wanting to sell you stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure you're having to pay attention to what sells too. You've got a right. product good. Someone goes, "Hey, I've got these." You're like. Yeah, no, I'm not going to get those. That's not going to, it's going to sit in my uh, house forever and not sell. Right, right. Someone calls, like, I've got some blue-eyed logistics. Sure, I'll get those. So there's no problem. Who did we talk to yesterday that said that they they feel like owning a pet store is like being Aaron. Like Aaron, about as owning a pawn store. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron yeah. said that owning a, working in the a pet, pet stores, he, he said it reminds him a lot of being in a pawn shop. Because people walk in and they're like, I want to sell this. And they think it's worth way more than it is. Right. And uh, he has to make sure they understand that I have to be able to buy that and sell it and make money on it. So if I pay you retail for it, it's not, you know, we can, we're not going to, nobody wins here except you. So I'm sure you see and that too. Yep. The one person always wins is Don. Yeah. Don wins. <laughs> Don, Don, also has, to go. Don also has the best betting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the Aspen. Robert got me to switch over to that. Yeah. And now I don't go back to the other stuff. I love that stuff. Is it the finely shredded? Yes. Yeah. That's great. All right. Let's awesome. let Don get back to his table. Robert's getting back to his table. Yep. Don, if people want to reach out to you and see what you have, what's your morph market? The Shores Enough Snakes. Shores Enough Snakes. And go check it out. And also go check them out on Facebook and see the picture of those uh, milk snakes. They are amazing. Don, thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, so I think this is probably now episode two of our Conroe show. Uh, I'll probably do an intro to this at home of the of all the sponsors. So you've already heard the intro, so I'm not I'm not doing it again right now. But uh, oh, here comes Katie. It'll be all of us. I was gonna say we just have Robert, but Katie is busy working up front. Katie looks mad. Oh, she does not look happy. <laughs> just as long as she's not mad at me, I'm good. I don't care if she's mad at the front. We're good. Just be mad at people. We're recording. We're already recording. Yeah, yeah we're already recording. They're hearing about you being angry. I'm not angry. Frustrated? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Didn't realize there was a difference there, but okay. Uh, so our guest now is Tim Bailey from, oh, my brain's went, it's Bailey and Bailey Reptiles, right? Or just Bailey? Yeah, Bailey, Bailey. My brain is just melted. You know what it is? 
Robert gave me these cheese curds, <coughs> and they messed up my diabetes. Now my brain doesn't work. No, James. It's Robert's Absolutely fault. Absolutely not. I'll take that blame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Tim, you've worked with most stuff without legs at this point. Uh, and legged a, stuff as a, well? A fair good bit of it. Uh, for leggeds, the only legged stuff I've really done, I, I breed Gila monsters. And, uh, well, see, that can't be like the only, the only thing I do is breed Gila. It's not like yeah. you're breeding Cresties down there. No, I breed Gila's, and uh, cool. I do have uh, one, two, three, four species of, uh, of tortoises, uh, one, two of which I've bred, and I do have uh, a group that I share with a partner of uh, Geomita spangleri, so Vietnamese black-breasted leaf turtles. But oh, those are cool. Yeah, we've un- been unsuccessful. Google stuff. <laughs> we've been unsuccessful at breeding so far, but that's the turtles and tortoises, and okay. uh, I've actually got some conixes coming later this year. But uh, so I'm going to be. Go ahead. I'm going to be completely honest here. Sure. I have no idea what you do. What? Um, but you totally should like lead the conversation with. I breed Gila monsters. Oh. Like I'm just saying that's. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, they're pretty cool. I've, uh, I've loved them for a long time. That's I've, the turtles. I've, I've been, I've been threatening cool. for years to get some beateds, and I just never got around to it. But I'll get some at some point just because they get bigger. Let me go help her. So they get bigger. Is the care different yeah. on beateds versus heels other than just the bigger space? I haven't done a ton of research because I don't have any. Um, but I do not think there's a whole lot of difference. I mean, essentially, the short piece behind it, and, and people who know more than me would probably correct me. But, uh, you know, for the most part, beateds are south of the border. Uh, Healers are north of the border, so I'm sure they overlap in range because they don't recognize borders. But I mean, I, I would. You mean I they don't would, have maps at home? No. <laughs> for, for, for at least in my brain, I mean, I would think you would keep them the same since, I mean, they technically can live two miles apart from one another. So, so how did you get into Healers? <clears throat> They're cool like looking. You said, I want these and made it happen? Yeah. Well, it's kind of. Uh, I've I wanted them for a long time, and. Uh, I won't get into the long story because it's really long, but <clears throat> I have a friend of mine that uh, it's a veterinarian, and uh, <clears throat> he had a group of them. He had three of them. Or, excuse me. He had a pair of them. And uh, a mutual friend of ours kept telling him that he sucked at breeding them because he never could get any <laughs> eggs. And so he said, man, why don't you just give those things to Tim? He's been wanting some, and he breeds everything better than you, so give them to him. <laughs> So, so I got them and uh, hibernated them that first year, pulled them out, and out within nine months of me having them, I had eggs, so I'd That's already awesome. done better than him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what species he, are we talking about? The Helos. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so that first year, I think I only, only ended up getting, uh, I think we only had one hatch that year. So I kept it because it was the first one we produced, which it turned out to be a female, which is how I have a trio now. And then since then, we've hatched. You know, few other few other clutches of them. Uh, I, I I I was for a while on the list uh, to get an azanthic healer from Dr. Seward, um, but he it released one and hasn't released any since, and I got tired of bugging him, so uh, probably won't get one of those. But uh, I, I'm at a crossroads because every year there's not a ton of them out there for whatever reason. Customers, people that have bought them, people know that I have them, they want them, and so I really probably need more. Um, last year, that first female we ever produced, um, she bred for the first time last year uh, and laid four eggs, two of them in the water. So two, oh. of them, two of them survived, and they didn't make it very long, and they crashed. So uh, I just chalk it up to her being young. So hopefully this year, both of my girls will go. And my original girl last year uh, had a clutch that I, I think she may have just needed a year off. She'd laid like four years in a row. 
So uh, I think uh, her, all of hers ended up going bad last year. So I didn't produce any last year, which sucked because the babies are cool. Um, but this year, hopefully, we'll get two clutches, and I probably will end up keeping a, another one or two this year uh, just to get that a little bigger. But it, it's not like I ever want to build in full of Helis. Um, of course, all the species that I've branched off into, I've never wanted a building full of anything. I just have a bunch of stuff in really small numbers that I like and produce that stuff, and uh, it's cool. I mean, I, I got a bunch of customers on a bunch of the stuff that I produce that tell me I don't produce enough of it, and I go, yeah, well, <laughs> the year that I decide to amp it up, nobody will want it, and then I'll have it too much. So. See, the great thing now is when you produce them, at least they're gone. You're not yeah. stuck with something for a long time. No, exactly. So of the snake variety, what do you have? Ooh, uh, That's the one he doesn't have. Yeah, oh, so, is that the better question? Uh, I mean, I, there's some stuff that I have bred in the past that I don't have anymore. Milk snakes being one. I'm not a big milk snake fan. I tried them for years, had some produce stuff. Uh, don't care for them. I have a pair <laughs> of Louisiana milks uh, and two babies from that, only because uh, they were just uh, known to be a very difficult species to breed, so I wanted the challenge. Um, and then the... the primary driver behind getting those actually is uh our zoo ottoman zoo in new orleans um they uh they wanted some louisiana milks for anyone that that knows anything about zoos you have to have provenance on animals that they get so they can't you know they got to be captive bred so when i first told them i said good luck with that i don't know of anyone (laughs) that's captive breeding that so i ended up getting a pair and five years later figured out how to breed them and and got some babies and i don't know if they're still interested in any but i got a ton of people now that want those um but they're notoriously now that i've got it unlocked on how to um breed them and then produce them uh getting them to eat is the next piece probably lizard eaters i would imagine yeah yes and so lo and behold my problem is uh, you know i brewmate all of my colubrid stuff much later than most people so when mine come out of brumation which i bring all my stuff out of brumation in april uh or april 1st um so i'd normally have baby uh, amoras hatching in july august where baby lizards have already done hatching in the wild and holes, <laughs> yep. so I struggle. So I have some frozen uh, baby lizards from last year in the freezer and, and have a buddy that catches some baby stuff for me, and uh, so hopefully they'll take frozen. But uh, yeah, that's been a long road for me. Last year she laid all slugs. I think my female just needed a year off because she laid three years in a row. The year before, uh, one of my strategies I figured out is that I was going to brewmate baby amoras with everyone else, especially if the ones hadn't eaten, I'd still brewmate them because I can pull them out of brumation and baby anoles are hatching at that yeah. time. So, so I said, I brewmated babies that, that wouldn't eat for me. If they were eaten, I left them out. I know uh, with uh, like rubber boas, uh, a lot of people have found that they have to brewmate the babies for them to eat. So uh, they brewmate them and when they come out, they'll take their first meals. Yeah, well, so I, you don't have, I don't think you have to do that with Louisiana milks or any of the other small species, really tiny species of milks. You don't have to do that. You just need the food available at the time. Yeah. So it's a food availability issue for me. Um, but lo and behold, the first year I attempted to do that, uh, about six weeks into brumation, I went to check on everyone and realized that somehow I cooled the room down and didn't unplug the thermostats. So the babies had heat and were metabolizing, <laughs> and almost all of them died oh, because they, oh, they didn't have any food. So Oh, that's a bummer. Another lesson learned. First year I ever did that in like 12 years of brewmate in that room. But anyway, 
Uh, but so that was a long-winded story of trying to get around to species. But uh, that's the only milks I have. But it's an interesting little. Well, Katie and I pet just moved here two years ago to Texas from Louisiana. We lived in Alexandria yeah. for 14 years, and we both worked at the Alexandria Zoo. Yeah. Um, but my favorite Louisiana snake is the Louisiana pine snake, which I yep. came, got familiar with when I worked at the zoo, and so now I own a pair of those. But the a friend of mine showed me a picture once. I want to say it was a it was a milk snake, a Louisiana milk snake eating a coral snake. And uh, it was just interesting to see a snake eating the thing it's mimicking. Yeah, right. It's on both ends. But in Louisiana, you have the you have the Louisiana milk, the scarlet snake, and then the scarlet king snake. Yep. And then the coral snake. Yep. So it's a very confusing group of snakes. Oh yeah. In the state. But and, and the funny thing is the the and I, I would love to get a pair of those. But the Louisiana milks in the northern part of the state, I have some buddies that have collected stuff up there. Uh, they're a little bit bigger than the southern ones. Yeah. And they also, so babies find it's a little bit easier for them to, to feed. Um, but also, there's slightly different color variation up there, too. So uh, it'd be interesting to get some of those because all of my stuff is south of I-10 collected. Um, or what people would normally refer to as actual Louisiana, south of I-10. Yeah, kind of, I guess. I don't, I don't people live. always make fun of me because I live north of I-10. Alexander, like, that's yeah. not Louisiana. Yeah, I, was like, well, I don't live in Louisiana either, then, because I live north of I-10. <laughs> I live north of I-12, so I'm really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's that's uh, Louisiana milks. And now while I'm in the Kaluba room, at least in my brain, I'll run through other stuff in there. So I do have some tricolor hog nose. Um, so how tricky? Those are tricky to breed from what I hear. So, and they don't live as long. So that's another interesting thing. I, I just picked up another female this year. So I got an original pair from from my same buddy that talked my other buddy into giving me healers. He's he's an assistant curator, and he brought me a pair of tricolor hogs, and uh, they were adults. And I bred them the first year, and, uh, man, I must have produced 30 animals out of that pair. Oh, wow. She laid, and she laid seven clutches and, and died. So one thing they're notorious for is – once they start laying eggs, they'll lay eggs every 30 days, and then they'll just they'll die. I mean, they'll, you know, seven, eight clutches. She laid seven clutches that year. Wow. So she died. <clears throat> Fortunately, I still had a couple animals left, so raised up some of those and um, bred those, and I think one of my males died, and I never could figure out why, so I, I struggled with that. But anyway, fast forward about six years of me playing with those, and what I've learned is really if you want to continuously breed those, you need to keep you know, however many females you want to breed every year, you need to keep every year. So you're replacing your females. Uh, I haven't tried it, but mm. I actually, uh, I'm short now. My collection's really bad. I've got a pair of, a pair that are really old and they're not eating well and they're looking kind of sick and I don't think they're going to last too long. And I've got a baby male. He's not a baby. He's about two years old now that I kept, but I didn't have any females. So I actually did a trade this weekend with a buddy of mine here uh, and got picked up another female. So I got a pair. Uh, now that I know what I'm doing, uh, I'll keep to continue doing that stuff. But he did tell me he's heard a trick on how to get him to stop. Uh, I won't talk about it here just because I haven't tried it, so I don't know. He said it works great, so we'll we'll try. We'll see. But if you can get them to stop. Be nice to be able that, to save some females. Yeah, yeah, that may help too. But So, I, you know, as long as you're keeping stuff every year, then after about two or three years of production, then you should have animals breeding every year and you can have consistent production. Um, I know Jeff Galewood at JMG has been producing them for a long time, so I, I don't know if, if Jeff's doing it that way. I haven't really talked to him about his strategy. And, and I had traded for a male years ago to Bill Love, so I know Bill and Kathy, I know the Loves are producing them. And of course, I haven't seen either one of them in quite a few years, so I don't know what they're still doing. But uh, it, it, I, don't, I don't think they're that tricky once you figure out a couple of the tricks and once you figure out that 
they're going to work a little different than a lot of the other species. And they're not they're not like Western hognoses, even though they share the hognose name, right? Care is not the same. They're not even the same genus. Yeah. So, yeah, no. I mean, <clears throat> those guys are South American hognose. So, yeah, right. care, care is different. Um, I, I, of course, I never brumated my Western hogs when I had them, but I brumate the, the tricolor hogs. Yeah. But I do have friends that brumate the Western hogs, and that's one species that I did breed and don't anymore because I suck at it. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm in the, the Lucy project, but my buddies that, you know, uh, breed better than me, they're the ones that have all the Lucy stuff. I don't have any of it because I, I suck at breeding. I can raise them good, but I can't breed them where to crap, so I got rid of them. That's uh, funny with certain species. You have people that are just really good at breeding certain things, yep. and you get something else in the collection, and they just can't do it. Oh, yeah. Well, like your guy that you got your Louisiana pine from. Or he can breed Louisiana pines yeah, like nobody does. He does it better than the freaking state does it. He, he does it better than all the zoos that are breeding them, too. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, it, I'd be interested in talking about that because I can tell you uh, Audubon Zoo is real good at it because uh, if you go behind the scenes at, at their reptarium, uh, there is a ton of Louisiana pines everywhere there. So Audubon I've, does really good with I've it. I've got a friend awesome. in central Louisiana. He had one laid 11 eggs ah. I was like for people that like have corns that doesn't sound crazy but for like a Louisiana pine yeah. Yeah. 11 eggs is insane I mean because they're um, like the size of your palm but all of his adults were wild caught before any well and all of his collection comes from that before any yeah. of that and he breeds a ton of them yeah I think last time I was at Audubon when I went back behind there and looked I want to say they had 20 some odd freaking 25 awesome. 26 babies or something it's like, like the Chinese alligators at Crocodile Encounter Fuck. Yes. I want those so bad. He's got all these that he doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> but he can't, I mean, I can't get one. Uh, well, and let's, we had uh, 2.1 Louisiana pines at our zoo, and we only got her to lay eggs one time. And then we got that one time, and then they're like, all right, well, now we're going to pull your pines and go put them somewhere else. I was like, I only got one time to try. So, but 2.1 was, I was like, I'd rather have 1.2. That'd have been much better. Yeah. But they're an awesome species. I love those guys. Oh, yeah. No, they're cool for sure. So, your table right now. Is mostly ball pythons, and I asked I asked Don Shores this earlier. We had him on. Do you breed ball pythons because financially it's beneficial for business, or it's a species that you like to work with? Uh, a little of both, and maybe even a third reason in there. Uh, so, um, financially they make sense. A, a, a lot of the other stuff I breed, uh, probably. I mean, there's some other stuff that I breed, you know, that that I can that's self-supportive. I can make money on it that does well. But, you know, things like uh, speckle king snakes or uh, variable king snakes, uh, you don't make a lot of money off of that. Yeah. But I like them, so I'm going to keep doing it. Um, so, yeah, the primary, the ball pythons are primarily what's going to cover all the overhead for the whole <clears> business <throat> and then provide me some money to go do whatever the hell I want to do that's fun. I started, with, uh, when I, not when I was a kid, uh, you know, there, <coughs> there was a, a gap probably between when I was 18 and... I'd say, I guess, um, about 27, 28. So about 10-year gap in there where I didn't have any reptiles at all. Um, but when I was a kid, I never had a ball python, but I had all kind of stuff when I was a kid. But then when I got back in in 2003, uh, it was ball pythons. And I was probably ball pythons for about three or four years before I got a corn snake. So, I mean, I started getting other species again pretty quick. But So I've had the ball pythons for 20 years and yeah. been breeding them for 18 years. Um, so some of it is, I don't want to get out of it because it's an established, I have an established name. I've been doing it for a long time. So, I mean, there is a stream of customers and a customer base that I have that I do not have to work for. I don't have to advertise. I don't have to do anything. They just know I have them. So you've already, you've already done that work. Yeah. It's kind of dumb to get rid of them. Right. Um, cause this is your full-time 
job, right? Negative. No? no. Okay. No, this is this is the, the full time job after the full time job. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but because you have a big enough collection that for most people it would be considered a full time job. I, I mean, so you know, when I built my building uh, eleven years ago, I, I actually built it with the intent of quitting my job and doing that full time. Um, the honest answer behind why that didn't happen is I have nothing against uh, uh, Barack Obama, but he was president, and the Obamacare just with me still having two kids at home that were under the age of 18, just uh, yeah. medical expenses and, yep. and medical insurance was going to kill me. So it was the wrong time. And if we had a different <laughs> president that didn't do that, I possibly would have quit and done the snakes full time. Um, but, uh, you know, my building was originally built, designed for me to uh, have that building is maximized for production and housing as possible, but able to be maintained by myself so that if I ever wanted to do it with no employees, I could. Um, I do have an employee now, but it's also because I still have a full-time job. So, yeah. I mean, that helps. Um, but, uh, no, so I don't do it full-time. But, uh, you know, it's it's in a position where I probably could. Um, <clears throat> both of my kids are out of the house. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of a divorce, uh, which is, no one needs to say sorry. It's not a bad thing. We're both we're unhappy and we're both happier now. So it's a good thing. Um, but Been there, done you know, that. So... So I'm I'm not too far away from being in a position where it's just me, and you know, uh, so I, hey, it may come in the next few years. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I, but I, I never make a plan year to year on how that's going to go. But yeah, I guess so I could. Having another full time job though does help you at least financially feel a little more stable when you're doing stuff and breeding stuff. And if you have a bad breeding oh, season, sure. you're still like, okay. Oh yeah. No, for sure. I, I mean, uh, fact of the matter is I really haven't had a bad breeding season ever. I mean, I, I never breed 100% of my animals either. But I will say, like, last year I had a bad production season, um, and it was because I had a bad breeding season, and it was because I was lazy. Uh, you know, I don't know if someone was burnt out, but I just, I mean, I did not put a lot of effort in last year. So I, I think I ended up last year with 28 clutches, which is oh, probably wow, that's low. Just, it's probably the first time since like maybe the <clears throat> first year I ever bred that I you know was that low, and and I, you know I haven't been below 50 clutches of ball pythons, you know, uh, ever. So it was a low year. Um, but but again, I, I attribute that to myself. It wasn't because animals didn't get fed or because they didn't want to breed, or it's just because I didn't I didn't breed them. I was a little burnout, a little uh, little lazy, and is what it is. Uh, but I still had a ton of inventory and saleable stock, and so all is well. But um, yeah, so the ball pythons, really, yeah, I'm in those because uh, it'd be dumb for me to get out. They sell too easy. Yeah. They're in high demand by the public. I have some stuff that people like, um, and, and, it, and it's easy money, so why not? Are there any projects that excite you in the ball that you're like, this is what I really want to work on? Like, we, we talk to, to other breeders, and, you know, they sell the, like, pies and blue eyes because they sell. Yeah. Uh, but what is the the path that you do that's for you? I I, I, I do like pied stuff. Um, I, I'm not a big clown guy. I produce a handful of clown things here and there, but not a ton. Um, I don't have any desert ghosts, which I know is super popular right now. And, uh, you know, I had a couple people ask today for uh, acids and confusions, and I don't have any of that stuff. Um, I got a lot of what I call the old mutation stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, now I, I do run my ball python business a little different than a lot, too. Um, I don't necessarily make what I think the people are looking for. Um, I just make what I like, and if, it's, and if it sells, it sells, and that's great. But if I had to say anything, like my favorite stuff and, and 
what I've kind of been known for for a long time is Azantic stuff. So I make a lot of Azantic stuff because I yes. like it. So I got one on this table I need to show you, Katie. So my okay. wife, which I took her to Tinley a few years ago, and she saw her first Xanthic ball python as we're leaving. She's like, I want one of those. And then I told her, look up an adult. And she realized that it was I brown. I didn't want one anymore. But he's got one on his table <laughs> that it's, you'll probably like. And it was a oh, ghost. Yeah, probably a super inchy ghost. Yeah. Which, is, okay. which most people call a true ghost. Um, while we're on here, I refuse to call it that. <laughs> Pinnell was telling me the same thing. Yeah. We were looking at that snake together. Gets, gets me in trouble sometimes, you know, because people go, is that a true ghost? I go, no. And, and and I don't call it a true ghost because prior to there being, you know, ghost and ball python has been incorrectly used since I got into it in the early 2000s. Every other species, a ghost is either a hypoannery or a hypoexanthic, depending on what the species has. Um, and a hypo is a hypo. But ball pythons forever, for whatever reason, they call hypos ghosts, and I don't. I call hypos hypos, and a ghost is a combination of the two. So what keeps me a little out of trouble is I do write VPI ghosts, so you know what line of axanthic I use, and then people kind of figure it and out. And the VPI, from, from what I remember, tends to stay blacker, right, as they age? So I'll be honest with you. I bought my first axanthic from, from Barchak, actually, in 2004. Uh, and, and back at that time, uh, there was really only three lines, uh, Jolliffe, TSK, Snake Keeper, and, and VPI. And VPI was known to be the best of the best of the three. Um, I, I don't think that's the case any longer, and I don't think it matters much anymore. I say, in my opinion, buy a line, stick with whatever line you want to go with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, John at JD Constrictors did a lot of work with, with Snake Keeper stuff and has refined it over the years to make some really nice TSK Xanthic stuff. So I think the quality is there in all the lines if you want it. Uh, I just, at the time I bought mine, that was supposedly what was the nicest. That's why I went with it. See, that's funny. Um, that's the but, same way I look at but, albino and boas. Like, <clears throat> I like call. Yeah. And everybody, for a long time, everybody shit on call and says how bad it looks as it gets older. But I'm like, yeah. that's because everybody, it was the first one they bred it to everything. Yeah. But, I mean, you can refine it to look just as good as sharp. Oh, yeah. But everybody thinks sharp is the one that's the best. Yeah. So that's the same thing. It's yeah. just got to take the time. Yeah, same thing. So, I, But, no, I mean, so I think they're all the same. And, I, you know, when I hear people say they brown out as adults, I've seen quite a few that have done that. And I have a few that have done that. But, you know, since 04, I've been trying to call that out. And I have, you know, some very large, azantic old females that are, you know, have browned some. I think all ball pythons, really probably almost all snakes, do accumulate melanin as they age. So yeah. they're, they're, all of them are going to do that a little bit, but they're still pretty silver. And especially when they ovulate and they've got all the pheromones and everything, hormones going on, they're really silver. So you can still get some. Now, there's some genes you can add that ruin that. Um, and, and be honest with you, GHI is one of them. I mean, I've got an exanthic GHI that almost looks brown. Still doesn't look like a GHI because most GHIs aren't that brown, it's, but it's weird. But, you know, pinstripe uh, doesn't work great with it. I don't find that pied works great with it unless you add some other stuff to it. I've yeah. got, you know, I've got some, I got an exanthic pied girl, matter of fact, just laid, and she's uh, lost a good bit. But that's because you think about pinstripes and pieds, they're heavily brown animals. Yeah. So when you add heavily brown into something you're trying to, keep from getting brown you're fighting with yourself but makes back sense. to back, a, yeah that makes sense back to the true ghost thing is it, it, you know it, it's a shame it, it it took me 10 years to make my first one uh, and that's a long story but anyway i always wanted to make that because i thought that was going to be a, a really attractive animal and then once i started making them and now that i've made them long enough that i've gotten to watch them grow i tell everybody that that when everyone closes their eyes and they tell me that they want an axanthic that doesn't brown out, 
the animal that they're picturing in their head is a is a true ghost. That's what they're picturing. Yeah. And and I, I I've said on a couple other podcasts a few years ago is that I was I was scared for a while when I started producing those. And I think the fear's unwarranted the more I've thought about it. But at first I was scared. I said, man, when we get to a point where true ghosts are, you know, two, three, four hundred bucks a piece, I said, I'm not so sure I'll be able to sell an Azantic if I have one sitting next to a true ghost on my table. Because yeah. no one's going to buy that ugly thing over there when they can buy a true ghost. I still think there's people that are going to buy Azantic stuff to go different directions. And by the time true ghosts get to two, three hundred bucks, then, you know, Azantic's maybe a hundred bucks a piece. And so they'll buy it because it's a little bit cheaper. So that's fine. But that's one of my most exciting things is true ghost stuff. I do want to start getting that into some triples and making some true ghost other stuff. Uh, true ghost pies and clowns and all that good stuff. Well, that'd be cool. But there's still hope for you, Katie, to get a yeah. black and white. Taking these antics a lot of directions, and I, and I do like a lot of other double recessive stuff. Um, I've never bought a double recessive, double homozygous animal. I just prefer to produce them all myself, which takes longer, and uh, you probably lose a little money because I could have bought it long ago. But I just rather it's more enjoyable watching it hatch, and I have horrible luck hatching double recessive stuff. But uh, so double recessive is kind of a, a, a big focus and stuff that excites me in the collection. And then for sure, uh, Azantic stuff does. And there's a few other uh, projects with Azantic that I'm working on. I, I do like the sunset stuff. And I, I, I produced a bunch of possible hat girls years ago. Robert, y'all have some are, of that, right? What's that, sunset? Yeah. Yeah, they're starting to come online. So I'll, I'll, I'll do some stuff with sunset because I like that. So sunset, Azantic, some double recessive stuff. Um, that's probably what excites me the most with, with the ball python stuff. What about your non-egg laying stuff? Because you have, I, I'm a boa person, and I've seen the non-egg laying stuff on your table, and that I find that fun. You've got some hog islands over there right yep. now, which I think are an awesome species that people ruin when they mix with Colombians. Yeah. No, fortunately, I kept all mine pure, which is good. Um, but, yeah, I do like the hog islands. And, again, that's, you know, I've got a trio of hog islands, uh, so not a large collection of that. Um, I've, I've got a a trio of double hat blood sharp albinos um, adults that I'm breeding. Um, but I have over the last couple of years kept and, and, you know, they call the, the sharp blood uh, an opal diamond. I've got 2.2 opal diamonds that I've kept, um, you know, so uh, it's a very small collection. That's the only, you know, BCI outside of Hog Islands, BCI, but that's the only, you know, Colombian, of course, the blood's Central American stuff, but that that's the only Colombian, Central American stuff I have is just that small group. And then you got then, Samboas. Yep, but I also do have, I, I got a pair of Peruvians about four years ago, uh, four or five years ago. Are they um, high yellow? Um, no, not really. Pretty, pretty silver because they're Iquitos locality gotcha. stuff. Uh, but the male at three years old, I had him as babies. Three years old, for whatever reason, the male decided it was his day to die, so he died. So I got this big Peruvian female, and anyone that knows anything about it, really any of the BCCs, but Peruvians, especially Iquitos more even than Surinams, but it, they're hard to find. I hunted for two years yeah. before I found another male in Daytona uh, year before last. No, it was last year, sorry. And... Uh, the guy wouldn't even sell me the mail. He had a trio, wanted me to buy the whole trio. And I said, dude, I can buy a pair, but I don't need that many females. So I had to buy a pair to get another male. So I got a trio of Peruvians, uh, a, pair of year, a pair of yearlings and then a four-year-old female. So hopefully some Peruvians in, I don't know, probably another three or four years. We'll yeah. Breed those. But, and then, yeah, the only other live bears I have is the Kenyan Sandboas, and I've had those for years. I just... I like the Kenyans. I ended up with that because my wife thought they were cool, so she bought a female in an auction 
And uh, th that's still a collection that, you know, I maintain six, seven adults. So it's, it's not large, but I, I enjoy them. They're fun. It's a it's big part of my collection species. is Samboas. I just I feel like they're an underappreciated group of snakes. Oh, yeah. But I love those things. Yeah. So uh, get out of here soon because I know Peyton is probably going crazy behind the table. Yeah. having to, But um, colubrid-wise, you said you had gotten out of uh, – a lot of like milkshakes and all. What, what's your kind of focus there? Yeah, so I didn't run through that whole room, but uh, I do have uh, Speckle Kings. And, and Robert and I love and, Speckle Kings. Yeah, I love yes. Speckle Kings. And I, so I bought, and I like albinos. And I bought some albinos from, from uh, Mark Bell years ago. And, and my understanding is the albino stuff is all Oklahoma locality. And uh, the, the, the Speckle King part of that snake, they don't have like one speck per scale. They're kind of ugly, the Speckle King piece of it. <laughs> yeah. But I like the albino. Um, so I finally, a couple years ago, I went on a hunt. Uh, I used to see four or five at my house every, every year. And then when I decided I wanted a male speckle king from Louisiana to breed into that, I, I couldn't find one for like two years. <laughs> and I finally did. So Sounds about right. I, I made my first hats, I think, two years ago. I got some more hats coming this year. And so I'm trying to get uh, St. Tammany or, you know, South Louisiana locality speckle king stuff into the albino. So it's a fun project long term. Once It's one of those projects I'm not going to make. Uh, enough to pay rent with, but it, it, it's fun. So I, I love those. Um, I got variable kings, and those things are super addicting. So I, I'll probably, I probably have more of those than I should have. But I've kept a bunch back in the last few years. So I like the variable kings. I've got a speckled uh, king from Jim Sargent over at Split Rock. Yep, and I love that thing. And right, Robert's hoping. Uh, I do too. It just happens to still be in the it's egg. Still right an egg right now, but uh, yeah, that, that is one of my favorite. I've always wanted one, and I've always like. I, Jim has a locality that are really high orange, gorgeous yeah. animals. I've solid it's where we belly live, and it's yeah. yellow. It's Harris. Okay. It's Harris County. It's where yeah. we live. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, we live five minutes from Harris County. Yeah, but, but I always thought it was crazy. People wanted diamond pythons. Like we have, we have a version of diamond python, and no yeah. one breeds it. Like we, we have the speckled king. Oh yeah, and it does the same thing. Now I will tell you though, I, I, I love speckled kings and I love diamond pythons for that reason. So a lot of people probably don't know, but I have a I have a group of diamond pythons uh, that I've been growing up for four years. I'll probably hopefully breed next year, and that's been one of the ones that's on the list that I've wanted for years and years and years. And I think the first picture I posted of one of my diamonds was probably about two months ago, and people didn't even know I had them. I've had them for four years. Those are babies <laughs> that will sell quick, also. Yeah, I never, I never post pictures. You know, I just never have. But uh, the one because I was hiding them, I just it was something I got for me. But I, I do love diamonds, and it's because it's a. Speckled yeah. It's a speckled king. Right. It's a, in a, in a right. python body, but. Yeah, but it's bigger and it's a little more challenging to breed. It's good to find somebody else like speckled kings because yeah. James and I obsess over. Yeah, yeah. As it just, like I said, it just you see so many things that are in the hobby that people do. I'm like, there's so many cool things that we have in our own country that no one's doing. Like oh. I talked to one guy; he's working on uh, the Western Coach Whips, the bright like the oh, Pepto Bismol yeah. pink. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a cool looking snake oh, if yeah, you can get it to, sure. to thrive in captivity. Yep. Um, one that I never see that I've seen pictures of, but I've never seen, even seen prices is out west. There's like a green rat snake that apparently no one does. That's a solid green rat snake that we the have. The bear rats. The, the beards? Yeah. Are they solid green? Some people, they, they, yeah. they can be pretty green. Yeah, they can be. Are they? Yeah. So I know I've seen them with, like, bluish. Yeah. Some people do them, though. Yeah. Uh, so I just, it's neat to see people doing some of the natives. Like, you do on the Louisiana milks, because that's a cool little species oh, yeah. to also do. Oh, yeah. Once uh, I produced my first eggs, I actually, I found out it was two guys hit me up from Facebook that apparently in Louisiana that breed them. So I know three people, at least in Louisiana, that breed them, but... Uh, I, 
hey, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully this year I'll get some more eggs. Well, good luck with that. If people yeah. want to get a hold of you, Tim, what is the best way for them to see what you have or talk to you? <clears throat> yeah, so I do post, and, and I'm, I'm always behind, and I'm super behind right now because, again, it's not my full-time job. But uh, my website has been online since 2005. It's the first place I direct people to. So I, I, I do have links on my website to my Instagram page, to my Facebook page. Um, I don't think I have a link on there to my Morph Market page, but I will say that um, my Morph Market account is fed from my website. So if it's on my website, it's on Morph Market. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, any of those places. Uh, then the website is www.baileyreptiles.com. Uh, and then, like I said, you can feed everywhere else. I think Facebook, we're Bailey Reptiles or Bailey and Bailey Reptiles. I can't remember on Facebook. I'm, I'm Tim Bailey. I got a personal and business page. Um, but the personal page is really the same as the business page almost. Uh, there's not a lot of personal stuff on there. A little bit here and there. But uh, Instagram, I think we're Bailey Reptiles on Instagram and uh, Morph Market. And then I think uh, my cell number uh, and my business number are listed on there. My email address is on there. So, I, you know, pretty much we're pretty open messaging on Instagram or Facebook text messages, phone calls. I'm assuming mail. you'll be at the Slidell Herp show. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll be at Slidell Herp's so it's uh, like July 24 and 25 or something. Are you like doing that. the Baton Rouge show? Well, the Gonzalez show, but the Baton Rouge show? I did the one, the first one that they did. I haven't even paid attention to when the next one is, uh, so I don't know when the next one is, but uh, unless it conflicts with, you know, uh, something else, then typically I'm at the local ones. Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, Lori and Sean have done a pretty good job of not having conflicting shows with the majors because I do do uh, NARBC Tenley, uh, St. Louis, and Arlington, and Daytona. So as long as they don't conflict with the big shows, um, then I pretty much do Baton Rouge and Slidell. And then I try to get here to Conroe at least once a year. I finally got Lori on board when I said, hey, just but book me for all of them, <laughs> and I'll cancel three weeks out if I can't make it. And most of the time there is like one of the Conroes I'll have to cancel because it'll be three shows in a row. And, and I just I can't do three shows in a row. Oh, yeah. It kills me. Especially having a full time job. Well, that, yeah, that's why. Yeah. A, yeah. it's vacation time from work, and B, it's you know it takes me a whole week when I get home from a show to catch up on what I didn't get done Over on the, weekend. that weekend. Yeah. So um, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for you, the one thing I didn't ask: Do you breed? I need mean, like, Do you breed your own rodents? Uh, yes and no. So I have a room. Uh, I do breed rodents. I do not produce enough for what I need, so I do have a rodent supplier. Um, but uh, uh, it's one of those I'll never get rid of them. And the biggest reason I won't is because I need pinky mice. Yeah, olds for that makes sense. And so it's like I need that availability. And it is nice on occasion, you know, my rune guy, hey, I'm short of mice this week. I don't worry about it. I, you know, I just pulled 100 from my stuff. And so I have a small room. I produce uh, some stuff in there. And it's it's to supplement with when he, you know, I'm short from my rune guy or when I need, you know, specific size for some reason, you know, it's good yeah. to have that. So I do produce some. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on. I'll let you get back and we can let Peyton get get away from the table no, before absolutely. he scares people away. No, good time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye.